Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 133. In this episode, we are going to rank teams based on how desperate they are for a new quarterback. If the Rams should start Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield. If Belichick is the coach of the year, Tony Pollard versus Zeke, the Raiders coin theory, and much more. A quick Patreon shout out to Anthony, BJ, PJs, Mario, Langston, Jazzy, Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E, Enzo, Sean Solis, Sean, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Dave Two Freedom, and Jay Aqua. What up, Jay Aqua, man? Got to hold applause for Jay Aqua. Why not? He's a GOAT. Legend. We always do this at the end of the episode, but I think it's much smarter to do it at the beginning. Go follow us on TikTok and on Instagram at Pickaside Podcast and on Twitter at Pickaside Pod. On Twitter, we actually prefer you guys to follow us on there much more. Please. Because we need, we need to get it jumping. Yeah, Definitely. For sure. And rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're currently at, I think, above 50, but... Come on, guys. We got to get more to the merrier. We got to get it's the to holiday 100. season. Let's, let's hit 20. Why not? Right. Yeah. It feels like we haven't done an episode in a while because we haven't done one since last week. Facts. We took a break because of Thanksgiving. And today, Riv is not here. He had an emergency he had to take care of. JC will be on the basketball episodes. So this right now is the football crew. And there are a lot of football topics to talk about. I know some of these we're going to get very heated in because we have huge disagreements <laughs> specifically with tony pollard versus zeke for some reason there are still zeke defenders out there you mean some when reason. it is yeah what do you okay. mean quite man. obvious that pollard is the quite guy. obvious we'll, we'll get to it bro needs new eyes needs to know everything i'm actually having a, i have a question for you drew oh, okay because recently it's funny because as of recently, I've always knew this happened, but I was actually surprised the audience didn't catch along. Okay. But they started to catch along, and I think you started to catch along. Okay. They're starting to catch along to you saying, obviously. Unfortunately, Somebody true. even told me on Twitter, we got to have a Squid Games. Take, take a drink <laughs> for every single time you say, obviously. So I'm just, I'm just wondering, coming into the show now, are you now aware of that? More than, unfortunately. Because it's just a, a way I like to over-exaggerate things. And that's just how I, I talk truthfully. I say obviously, I say egregiously. Those are my two words. Yeah. And that's, that's just not even, as well. that's off the show too. That's yeah, not just a podcast thing. So it is in my head and I, I'm trying to stay away from it, but it's tough. It's he in loves, my every he loves egregious too. Now, there, was, there was this one segment on the Dallas Mavericks that yo, somebody commented that Drew said like obviously five times in a row. <laughs> I went to it and it was obviously 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 it was like seven or eight times and then the next show we did i don't even think i needed to say obviously but it was in my head and i just yeah. said obviously for no reason i was like what am i even saying right now but you're 100 right somebody was like we got to take that word out of Drew's yeah. vocabulary <laughs> it's gonna be impossible you're gonna hear it at least 10 times this episode so we're gonna start off with the first segment of this show we're gonna go right into it right into the crest of the waters let's go we're going to rank teams based on how desperate they are for a quarterback. I want you guys to each give me your top five teams going from five to one to 
the number one team that needs a quarterback this offseason. There's no doubt about it that could even use one this year, honestly. So give me your guys five. What teams do you feel like desperately need a quarterback? I'll start with you, Joel. Well, there's a ton of teams that need a quarterback, but my list is it's more of what teams are kind of a quarterback away from really competing, right? Because like the Lions are one team I left off. I'm like, yeah, they need a quarterback, but Jared Goff's probably going to be there for another season. I don't think they're going to take a QB number one overall as, as it stands right now. Um, so in my list, going down in order, number five, I have the Houston Texans. They are one team that need everything, but especially quarterback because at least Jared Goff is serviceable for a year. I don't know if they're going to bring back Tyrod. Davis Mills isn't the answer. You think Tyrod's better than Jared Goff? Or you think Jared no, Goff is better than Tyrod? I would take Tyrod, but I just think the Lions are financially obligated to keep Jared Goff while the Texans could get rid of uh, Tyrod next season. But I think Tyrod's better. I, I like Tyrod. I, I don't think I do the too. Texans need a quarterback. He wasn't on my list. The, yeah. the Texans weren't on my list. I, they need a quarterback for the future, that's for sure. Yeah, he's not the, they he's not the answer. Davis Mills. Yeah. He's not it. We, I think we know that. He's a rookie, though. We'll see. Yeah, it's a wait and see. I'm not saying he is it, but I'm saying it's a I've seen. He, he threw three touchdown passes against the Patriots. You know what? So this is exactly, man. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Be against the Patriots? No, no but he had uh, the best game ever for uh, a Bengals Jets quarterback. Aren't bad. Bengals aren't bad. It wasn't against the Patriots. No, it was against the Bengals. Who's, All right, but, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like, one good against game, the Patriots, though. I know, but still, one good game is, is one good game. A blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, man. He's spitting right now. Um, but going on, honestly, I, this is kind of off the top of my head because I had the five, but I didn't know we are doing an order. But um, going on, the Panthers, I think they're a huge team who – they spent a second round pick. They did what I think they should. I think every year, if you need a quarterback, go out and make a move. See if it happens. Train a second round pick for Sam Darnold. Obviously, wasn't a good move. Bringing in Cam Newton. He's going to be a decent spark plug. Had a terrible game against Miami. Ended up getting benched. We know he's not the answer at quarterback. I think the Saints are a team. I know Jameis is your guy. Coming off a torn ACL. They had an entire season, multiple seasons, to kind of get the quarterback thing right. They knew Drew Brees was on his last legs, especially that last season when he got hurt. And they really haven't been able to do anything at the quarterback position, although it's only been a year. We know Simeon's not it. Taysom Hill's an interesting player, not a franchise quarterback. And I think Jameis is kind of similar to Tyrod in the sense that he's a bridge quarterback, but not someone I want running my franchise for the next five-plus years. And they have a team that's ready to compete. We've seen their defense this year. Sean Payton, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, I believe we're on number two now. We did three, yeah, uh, five, mm-hmm, four, three. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're a team who, once again, similar to the Saints, the head coach, one of the best in the NFL. Their defense has been kind of sporadic at times this year, coming off the worst loss this season against the Bengals. But when you look at their weapons with Deontay Johnson, top 15 receiver, Chase Claypool, who's had, you know, elevating from last year, still a really solid receiver. Najee's been exceptional this season. Their offensive line is terrible. They still rank bottom five when it comes to rushing the ball, which was my biggest argument coming into the year why I thought the Steelers should go O-line instead of Najee, although Najee's been excellent. And number one team for me, it's Shrews team, Denver Broncos. Uh, another team, once again, which I don't hate. If you're going to go out and take a chance on a Teddy Bridgewater giving up a fifth, sixth round pick, very low risk, he's been okay. He's been what we expected with Teddy Bridgewater, but similar to the Steelers, they have at least on paper, a defense who's been somewhat disappointing. Bradley Chubb still isn't able to stay healthy. Justin Simmons won the best corner. Sertain's having a really good rookie year. Um, but their offense is ready to win now. You got Sertain, Judy, just locked up Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler's coming back next year. And then Javante Williams, who is a stud. I think, honestly, if you give him what Najee was getting, I think he's going to be the best back in this draft class. All right. I got a lot of similar names here for my top five right here for at number five. Just to reiterate. All right. Your top five. Not in order. Sure. Panthers, Texans, Steelers, Lions, Broncos. Got it. All right, here we go. So mine, starting at number five, Cleveland Browns. 
Now, what? Cleveland Browns. Oh, my now, gosh. Now, you look at Baker's numbers this season, 26th in the NFL in QBR, 21st in passing yards, 24th in total touchdowns, 27th in completion percentage. Now, I understand he's been bad. Or excuse me. He's been banged up. And the weapons he has around him aren't the best. But you're supposed to be a franchise guy. You want to get 30-plus million a season. This isn't going to cut it. And you look at the, the Cleveland Browns and look at all the preseason rankings that we had of the Cleveland Browns. No one had them less than 12 wins. They should be so much better than what they've done up until this point. A 6-6 six and six record for the talent they have in this roster is borderline inexcusable. Now I can give him a pass that he's been injured, but you're still playing. And you should be significantly better than what the numbers say. And just the eye test alone, he doesn't look great. So I'm, I have them five because I think that with a notch above Baker Mayfield, this team's a problem. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't have the weapons, but a good quarterback makes it work. Now for number four for me, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Ben has been more than serviceable this season, but a great quarterback with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Fryer Muth. The Steelers are one of the, the best teams in the league with a great quarterback. With a Russell Wilson, this is one of the top teams in the AFC. The line has been pretty mediocre, but Ben hasn't been spectacular, and I feel like you can't throw the ball deep when you have Big Ben. He's been a game manager, and with that, they've had some kind of success, but they just got smoked last week. And I just think a better quarterback would be best suited for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, number three, I have New Orleans. New Orleans is an interesting team for me because... Obviously, they're coached by Sean Payne, and Sean Payne's a great coach. I, I wasn't that high on him, but this season, he's, he's shutting me up. <laughs> you weren't high on Sean Payne. I never, I never really was. I mean, look at all the playoff appearances that he's had and choked. One Super Bowl appearance, and I'll give it to him. That was a great Super Bowl. He called a great game. Ever since, choked it year in, year out in the playoffs. What, what, which, I, which moments are you talking about where so he against, choked? So against Carolina, inexcusable for him to lose. Um, against Carolina, oh, yes. you're Car- talking? No. It well, was was it, was it twenty? We're talking about Cam's year, right? Correct, uh, correct. Carolina, that was twenty fifteen. I, I think it might have been, but I don't think so because they had, was, they were the number one seed. Wasn't twenty? That was the Cam's first MVP round. Year? No, that was the first. Um, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, you could Google search for me if you if you would like. I believe they played in the first round and Carolina beat them. Yeah, well, Carolina went to the Super Bowl that but year. They were fifteen and one. They had a bye. Carolina. That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, so you're talking about it's a different? I think year. it's a different year. Oh, okay. You're better at the historical games yeah. than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'll that's okay. Um, the pen they faced in a wild card in 2018. The, the Saints beat them 31 to 26. Okay, I don't know. It might no. have been something maybe before. Say that was the last time I remember Carolina in the playoffs. I remember specific. Maybe listen. I remember the only specifically. Time, look, I'll give you these moments. The Marshawn the, the Marshawn Lynch game versus the Seahawks, where the and Seahawks were seven and nine. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. bad, but that's because Marshawn Lynch went off. But you talk about the other moments. I think the Saints just got unlucky versus the Vikings, the Minneapolis miracle. Nuts. That was lucky. Like Marcus Williams should have made that that's tackle. A bad, that's a bad play by him. Why are you how gambling? Is that, why are you gambling? That, how, how is that on Sean Payton? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And then the very next year against the Rams, they got robbed of a Super Bowl appearance. Pretty accurate. I, I, I don't. I don't think Champagne has choked. It's just that I just. He's. A, he's. I've always thought he's a great elite coach. You know, he's an elite coach in the, the fact NFL. That the, the Saints have five, six wins with this supporting cast on That's offense. That's exactly. Crazy. Listen, this is exactly what I was getting to. Champagne has done his thing this year and a hundred percent shut me up. The fact that he's doing with Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston was solid in his time there. 
they need a next level QB. And not having Michael Thomas obviously hurts. There's there's number one. Can't rely on him though. Um, but Marquez, Marquez Callaway, not I mean he's not great. But they he's don't not, have good weapons. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's it not, yeah, it's it's bad. But I do think that a quarterback would benefit them. Anything to help Alvin Kamara out at this point, you need to open up the field for him. Now, number two, I have them as not desperate because Teddy Bridgewater is is a serviceable quarterback and we're still winning games. We're a game out of the wild card, that seventh seed. I do think, like you said, all the points you mentioned were 100% true. We're a great quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Our defense is fantastic. Our offense, we have weapons galore. Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick. When, when we get him back next season, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who I'm projected to be a top 10 running back once he gets the backfield to himself. We have the Albert pieces. O. Albert O. is fantastic. He's good. He's really good. I wouldn't say fantastic yet, obviously, because he's just not getting he's the vibe. He's always going to be second exactly. fiddle, though. For sure. And fancy. He's a beast. Yeah. But I think a great quarterback, a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm naming the best, the best yeah, of the best. As you should, though. That's where you should be aiming for right now. What is Jimmy like? Does Jimmy Garoppolo really take you over the edge? Does Matt Ryan take you no, over? No, because that's Matt Ryan could. I think so, too. I think Matt so Ryan too. Could. If, if I had my, my tier of, of quarterbacks that I wanted, I won't throw Deshaun in because that's the obvious who I want, but that's a whole different situation. I'm going Rodgers, Russ, Matty Ice. And I, I would I would be fine with Matty Ice yeah. if, he, if he came to us too, but... You're a favorite with those top two. With Matt Ryan, you're right there in contention, but I don't think you're clear over... And I think our offensive line is... Chiefs or Chargers in the division. We could be over the Chargers because our defense is better than the Chargers. Yeah, but you have another year, Brandon Staley, kind of getting his things together. This is rookie, you know, that's rookie true. season as that's head coach. True. And it's going to depend on what year. it's going to depend on what we do at head coach. I mean, if we're going yeah, to if we're going to keep a defensive minded head coach, I hope not. I want to see us finally take that jump and go offensive mind. We've had defensive coaches for the last three or four now. Well, I think Fangio's gone regardless. It's just a matter. I mean, if you look at the, He's the coaching a options, surprisingly good season though. I mean, I just have stable quarterback play. I, I just think the fan base and, been great. and the organization and is job. kind of you know like. Well, not stable, stabilized, but you're kind of just like, you know, you're not getting better. You're not getting worse. You're kind of, you are what you are. Yeah. So I think you, there's a, a ton of good offensive mind head coach like Dable. I don't think McDaniels leaves, but there's a lot of good offensive minds that are going to be in the market. So this that's season. your number two team. Who's your N- one? Number two, Carolina Panthers. Number one, Carolina Panthers have some of the best young weapons in the game. DJ Moore is spectacular. CJ, uh, uh, excuse me, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, that threat, right? That those three right there are, are good enough to, to win you some ball games. Just not when you have Sam Darnold or Cam Newton at the helm. Cam Newton, it's unfortunate. He had a great opening day. You have two touchdowns, one in the uh, one on the ground, one in the air. You know, everyone's got the hype behind him. The biggest issue was, can he throw the football? Five for 21 against Miami, whose defense has been a shell of what they were last season, but they're starting to cook up slowly but surely, is inexcusable. Five for 21, you and I could have gone out there and done a little bit better than that. So... You you bring in like the guys that I mentioned. You bring Russ is going to be available after this season. I do believe so. I think Russ is tired of being mediocre, not coming through in the big moments. He want, I think that time in Seattle is up. He's going to be available. Rodgers is going to be available. It it these are the two guys that if I'm Carolina, if I'm Denver, I'm heavy pushing for because those guys immediately change your franchise. And then you go and you look at Carolina's defense. They have boys. They definitely have. I look at the, the Panthers and I look at the Broncos. They're very similar. They are. It's just that CMC's injuries are too scary for me. And I just think Javante is young. Our, our whole team really has a young nucleus. 
think we're in a better position than they are, which is why I don't think we're as desperate as they as the Carolina Panthers. But we still we still need that quarterback. Going from five to one, the fifth team, the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, I'm not wow. completely out on yet. But from what he's shown, the Giants need to find a new quarterback. It's wow. just unfortunate for them that there are no quarterbacks in this draft, at least from what everybody is saying, because I haven't scouted them yet. Once I scout them, maybe I'll I change my mind on it. Mm-hmm. Free agency, not too great. I'll give Jones the benefit of the doubt that he's had to go through Pat Shermer, who he had a fantastic season with, and he was a good, he's a good OC, to Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett should have never been offensive coordinator in the first place. It was a disgrace that they made him the OC. That was just a bad move. Jones still has potential, but I think the city, the team, the fan base has kind of given up on him. And I don't see I don't see team another team that needs a quarterback more than the Giants, at least at this point, in terms of like my fifth team. I was thinking about Washington, but Taylor Haneke's better than Daniel Jones. It is what it is. He's better than Daniel Jones. Taylor Haneke's better. I don't know how you can say he's not better. My God, that's just so strong to say. It's not strong to say he's playing better. At this point in Daniel Jones' career where he's had these moments but can't string it together for not multiple seasons, multiple games of really stacking games one after the other, he's you kind of have to just tell it how it just is. Just look at the adversity that the Giants have faced this season. Offensive line, Andrew Thomas in and out of the lineup. Galladay in and out of the lineup. Sterling Shepard in and out of the lineup. And Sterling Shepard and him have a great connection. Go look the numbers. When Sterling plays, Sterling puts up great numbers. He was eating early in the and year. And Saquon Barkley. That's just the obvious. But let's I'm not out on Jones, but is he better than Heineke? I think that Heineke just had more of a consistent unit around him. Like who? Curtis Samuel just came back. McLaurin, obviously. Logan Thomas just came back. McLaurin, obviously, which is the most important. He's had his main guy. But then you look at Daniel Jones. Has he had his main guy every single game this year? But those players you named have been hurt consistently year after. Like, they they gave Galladay a huge deal and hasn't been able to stay healthy like last year. Saquon better. Yes. Saquon has... Sterling, has he been injury prone? That's literally... I was just looking this up. Um, Let's see. Saquon... He's been, I mean, yeah, the last few years, he played, Sterling played 12 games in 2020 and 10 games in 2019, played 16 in 2018. But regardless, Andrew Thomas struggled early last year, then he got hurt this year. We mentioned Saquon Galladay. And it's night and day when Andrew Thomas is in the lineup. Bottom line is that if Gettleman gets the boot, Jones is getting the boot. That's just, that's what's going to happen. Gettleman's getting fired. The fourth team is the New New Orleans Saints. I only have them here because of Jameis's ACL injury. If he was healthy, a healthy scratch, I would not put him on here because he's more than a bridge quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. And he was having a fantastic season with no weapons on offense. He was having an unsustainable season. His His touchdown percentage was nuts. His yards were terrible. We talked about this a few weeks ago. He was projected like under 3,500 yards. That's because the Saints have to play a certain way because they have no weapons. I know that's fine, but but still, like he was just playing at such a rate that he was being a game manager. That's not what I want for my franchise quarterback. The Saints offense, what they did to Jameis was that they threw him out into the woods with a life jacket. They didn't give him no tools for the no, woods. They the, didn't give the him weapons, no tent. Yeah, I agree. That's what they did. 
if he has weapons, the thing is, if they draft a Garrett Wilson, if they, oh man. But even we have seen James with with weapons and put and have some really questionable moments like his thirty thirty season, but because that, Bruce Arians' offense is hard, that's why. The one thing I will say about James is he figured out too late, before, well, too late in terms of he got injured and he tore his ACL. That oh snap, Alvin Kamara is one of the best receiving backs in the league. Too late. And then by then, that's when Jameis really started to click. That's when we started to see the Saints start to have some success. Because why would you want to feed a Marquez Callaway when you can give Alvin Kamara 15 to 20 touches a game? The Saints are 0-3 since Jameis has went out. They haven't yeah. won a game. Yeah, well, that game they won against. Well, Jameis yeah. started, and he threw a, t- a deep touchdown pass in that game yeah. as well. Give, give Trevor's and, respect. And if he's he a franchise quarterback, game. I don't care how hard the offense is. You're a franchise quarterback. Let's figure it out. <laughs> not That's in a that fact. offense. I, I guarantee you, ninety-five percent of quarterbacks giving, wouldn't be able to have success in that offense. No. Well, with those weapons, they'd be able to manage it, like Jameis managed it. But to actually have game-breaking yards, no, nobody's doing that in that offense, bro. With those uh, weapons, his range of outcomes for me is just too much. Like he could get way too low for me for him to be a franchise Look, quarterback. I think Jameis is that, and I, I still have full faith and belief in Jameis. He's going to be that. You'll watch, but the we'll Saints should the, the Saints should have a contingency plan, a backup plan that is not Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. That's what I think they should do. Thirteen, the Detroit Lions, because they have Jared Goff. I understand Jared Goff's contract is 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 crazy, but if I'm the Lions, I look at us as a team, and yeah, we're gonna get the first overall pick. Maybe I trade trade back. Because I Not at this idea. point I need every single position filled out. I need a receiver. I need a quarterback. Edge rusher just doesn't fix my team. It just doesn't. So if I'm the Lions, I trade back. I draft the Matt Corral. I draft the Garrett Wilson. I I draft playmakers and a quarterback. Maybe I draft the Sam Howell in the second round with the first pick. I have that rookie quarterback sit under Goff. Learn for a little bit. If Goff is, is stinks it up like he usually does, maybe he starts midway through the year and we see what we have in his rookie. If one thing's for sure, the Detroit Lions are going to have a really good offensive line for years to come. With Penny Sewell there, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, the, their center right now, uh, Frank Ragno, he's hurt, yeah. but when he comes back, their offensive line is great. A rookie quarterback is going to be protected under their offensive line. So if they can find one to sit and learn under Goff, because Goff, from all the reports that we've heard, he's a good guy. So he and he understands where he's at in the league right now. I don't think he'd have any problem with a rookie coming in and showing him the ropes a little bit. So I think that's a good fit. They need a quarterback, that's for sure. Second, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, the quarterbacks are Big Ben, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. Look, Mason Rudolph is a backup. He's nothing more than that. Dwayne Haskins, he is an unknown, but I'm leaning towards he's not good. Oh, Big Ben, no. he's not it. Big Ben is washed. He is washed up. He needs to retire already. <laughs> Philip Rivers did it. Eli did it. You're next. Just go. He needs to go. So the Steelers need a quarterback desperately, and I think they should be in the market for a veteran one, not a rookie one. But both can't really hurt. First, Carolina Panthers. Um, you didn't have us on the list at all. No, I don't have you. Crazy, because I think. He, when talking about teams that need a quarterback desperately, the reason I don't have the Broncos there is because the Panthers made the same mistake last season. What did the Panthers do? The Panthers looked at Teddy Bridgewater and said, 
He's not the guy. We got to go trade for a young guy. Get him in the building with potential, and he'll be fine. They get Sam. Just to see that Sam is worse than Teddy. Now Sam gets hurt. Oh, we need a quarterback. Oh, let's bring back Cam. And Cam completes 24% of his passes, which is the lowest since Joey Harrington. Now the Panthers are there with two quarterbacks they brought in this season that aren't better than Teddy Bridgewater because they made that mistake of thinking Teddy couldn't manage the offense. Teddy is a good quarterback. And if the Broncos don't need to up, if, if the Broncos don't have the option to have a significant upgrade, I don't think you do it. I don't think you bank on potential. I don't think you bank on a young player. You keep Teddy there. I just think that the, sorry, Joel, but I just think that the Panthers saw Teddy and didn't think that he was going to put them over the top. And you're looking at it with the Broncos, who I will continuously say this until we get an elite caliber quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not putting us over the top. You're going to be an NFL purgatory where you're never going to be good enough to make a playoff run. You're never going to be bad enough to I be a top 10 I don't want to be 9-8 with this roster. Let me roster. ask you something. I agree. Ask you something. That's what we're and, aiming for. And real for. quick, because I do disagree with the Panthers-Sam Darnold take. I don't have a problem with spending a second-round pick on a potential franchise quarterback. I agree with that. Because the first three games, we were talking here saying, Sam, he's rejuvenated, he's back, they just got him for a second-round pick, he's looking phenomenal, Christian McCaffrey goes down, and he's a mess. Now, I don't think Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback. I think it's pretty obvious right now. Mm -hmm. But if you could spend a second-round pick to see what a guy has and he has potential to really elevate your offense and your team, no problem for it for me. Okay. We're talking about the Broncos. I don't have them on here because I think Teddy Bridgewater is a damn good quarterback. I think he's On a 1 a, to 10, what would you rate him? I think he's a solid 7. But what what is what good is a 7 going to do a roster like this? Your roster isn't perfect. It's a great roster, and I think a great quarterback takes it over the top. Aaron Rodgers would take the Broncos over the top. For sure. Still not a guarantee, though. I would lock it in tomorrow. If you told me we're getting Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos will win the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that as a biased fan. We have secondary. We have great pass rush. You don't have linebackers. Alexander Johnson You don't have an offensive line. Your offensive line isn't good. Offensive line is good. It's the right It's average. It's average. That's true. It's oh, a, it's a, uh, that's pretty fair. With Russell it's Wilson, above. I with, mean, Teddy has time to throw the football. So with Russell Wilson, yeah, you make the move because, and but even Russell Wilson has shown that he in the second half of the year he slows down because he has to backpack. That Seahawks. This is going to sound a bit crazy. It's trash. This is going to sound a bit crazy. I've already told you that if it's for Aaron Rodgers, if it's for Russell Wilson, I do it in a heartbeat. If it's for Deshaun Watson, I do it in a heartbeat. Yep. If it's for Matt Ryan, I'm thinking about it. I'm not doing it in a heartbeat. I'm thinking about it. I agree. So, and we're talking about Matt Ryan, a former MVP, who is really freaking good. He's had some rough moments this year. But even he with him, has the complete opposite where he looks amazing. But even with him, I would have to think about it because Teddy can just manage a game. If you have, if you have a good offensive line and Javante turns into a top ten back, and you guys are running the ball great, and you have a great defense. All he has to do is manage the game. And he was perfectly fine in that role. Is that going to win us a Super Bowl? No. The goal is to win a one Super Bowl. Especially one in that team, division with the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders. You have the, the fourth Super best quarterback. Every single year. One out of 32 teams win. Even the teams that have great rosters don't win. The, the Packers have lost in the NFC Championship the, each of the past two years. And they have the greatest quarterback ever, arguably. That doesn't ultimately take you over the top. You have to have a complete team. We might see New England go to the Super Bowl this year with a complete team 
not a top 10, top five quarterback. Also the Belichick factor that no other team has okay. having the best coach ever. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. So I think right now, Teddy's not holding you guys back. I, agree. I think he's actually been the reason why you've been better than you should have been this year. Because with Drew Locke, I mean, he came in after Teddy got hurt and threw an interception he immediately. Horrible. He was horrible. Teddy Bridgewater can hold you guys over water. What you guys need is you guys need linebackers. You guys need some pass rush help. You guys need a new coach. And you guys need a better offensive line. That's what you guys Alexander need. Alexander Johnson isn't bad. Jewel's not bad. Come on, bro. They're not bad. I'm but, not saying they're not bad. But, but also, linebackers are not the reason the Broncos aren't going exactly. to the Super Bowl. It's because Teddy's the fourth best quarterback in that division. He What? He is. He's, Carr, the, he's the fourth yeah. best quarterback in yeah. the division. But that's not why the Broncos are, are there, though. I know, but if you have the best or second best quarterback in your division and you can compete, oh although God. the Broncos, I mean, they're still the right Broncos there. The Broncos can, can finish second in this division easily. We can. Still yeah, first. We can. I mean, there's a chance. I I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't so. say first because KC has been bugging. Is wake, yes, is waking they've up. been bugging. But that's why the Panthers, they need a quarterback because they, they gave up on Teddy, Teddy too soon. They should have kept Teddy. I mean, with Teddy, you had DJ Moore and Robbie go for a thousand yard receiving. And have Very, what, six wins? No, I think that's because their defense was was horrifically bad on third down. Their run defense was Teddy trash. Bridgewater with this defense this year would have been a playoff team. I think they'd be about what the Broncos are. So yeah, okay, like a borderline wild card. They'd team. be better than the Broncos. I disagree. I, I think they're ne- like those two teams we talked about. They're very similar. Like they have the teams around them. They're I know they're similar, the but they'd be better. And you know, so what? also I'll that's why that's why I think last year. that's why I think the Panthers need a quarterback desperately. The Broncos. I think Teddy's fine. I, I I don't I don't see and maybe you might say fine isn't good enough, but I don't think saying, bro. I like, don't think Teddy is somebody you look at and say, oh no, we need to replace him. But if you want that argument, you can make the same argument the Jets should have taken Mac Jones at two. Why? Because Zach Wilson has that upside to be a top ten quarterback, top five quarterback in the league. Mac Jones, now don't get me wrong, he's looked great this year. We talked off the show. I think his ceiling's like Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? A really good quarterback who's going to throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, great, but never going to be looked at as a top five quarterback. You make the same argument with I'm, Teddy and Sam Darnold. I'm glad you said that because actually I tweeted in, during the draft, before the draft, I said, if the Jets take Mac Jones, I'd be fine with it. So I'd be fine with Mac Jones. You know, why am I going to, you know, if I have a quarterback that can get the job done for the most part, I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at him to replace him automatically unless I get a significant upgrade. Like the Giants, Daniel Jones is a he's a bottom 20 quarterback. I'm looking to replace him. He's a bottom 25 quarterback. I'm looking to replace him. Jameis Winston, since he's injured with Taysom Hill and Simeon, yeah, I need a better contingency plan with the Lions and Jared Goff. Jared Goff hasn't won a game since McVay. He hasn't won a game before McVay. Yeah, I need to replace Goff with Big Ben. He's probably going to retire Haskins and Mason they're not even a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. With the Panthers, Cam Newton is a bottom 25 quarterback. And who am I going to start? P.J. Walker? And P.J. Walker is even worse. So the Broncos at least have that stable quarterback that week to week, you're not going to get anything spectacular from him, but he's not going to cost you the game. Yeah, it's just hard when you have such a good roster. You're like, we're smelling the Super Bowl. We're right there. We just need to get above bro, average bro, 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 bro. We, we got to stop true, this. though. We, no, it's we got to stop this man. with the Broncos. You're even, smelling the Super Bowl. You haven't been to the playoffs in how long? I You're not sniffing nothing. 2016, but we saw what I'm we could do. you have the roster ready we right do. now to it, go make a deep playoff push. True or false with Matt, Matt Ryan. We Matt Ryan, you're winning multiple playoff games. Matt Ryan is the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. 
Yeah, but he's a bit. But that, what, listen, yes, ha- fair. But he's a bit. He's an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. He's an upgrade, but how significant think about, is it? Think it's about not significant. Think about it's not how, significant. Think about how he unlocks Judy. Think about how he unlocks Sutton. The deep ball would be there. Think about how Matt Matty. Uh, I keep saying Matty because I'm thinking of Staffy. Think about how Matt Ryan would open up the field for Javante Williams. Think about how he would see Javante Williams now that he's played with Cordero Patterson and knows how to... T- how does it help the Javante even more? Because now he becomes more efficient in the past game I, I as actually well. think with Teddy Bridgewater with the read option, it's much more effective running it with Teddy than with Matt Ryan. But I just, I'd rather see Judy be more of a factor than three to four targets a game. You did not draft Judy. He with was the, that early in the season, though. No, he week, was not. Week one, week he, was one and got hurt. he was black. And he got hurt, he got, I think he hurt. had six or seven targets in the first half. But he hasn't been the and same since. And against this this past game, he, I thought I thought he, he played well versus the Chargers. He played well. I mean, you did not draft Judy fifteenth overall. For he's him been to hurt. Be your second so option. He's been hurt. Yeah, you but also then he's just come back Sutton and Sutton and Patrick. Well, I'm happy about. I'm happy yeah. about both of those. Tim Patrick is playing phenomenal. He so has been. Sutton has been really he, good. They're not Judy. I I love Sutton. I love Tim Patrick. They are not Judy. No, they're not Judy. I just think you know, Teddy. He's not somebody I look at and I say I need to replace him. I don't. I agree with that, but I'm just listen. You're you said a and lot the of Saint, the Saints probably right now are probably regretting not keeping Teddy around. That's a fact. But at the same time, because they'd easily be a playoff team with him. They, the the Panthers were five and eleven last year with Teddy. What That's because they had a historically bad third down defense. Agreed. But what is Teddy doing with this roster that they have right now? With the Panthers? No, with the Saints. They're making the playoffs. They're just, actually pushing to win the division. I think they're like eight and nine. I mean, are they? Are no, they, I think they're they ten and seven. With, are they finishing? Well, I mean, are they finishing with a better record than the Buccaneers? No way. Yeah, probably not. But bro. it's not. It's like a game or two off. It's not that far off. I don't know. I disagree. I mean, yeah. listen, it's not he's, he's going to we'll be throwing to Marquez Val- Callaway. Camaro would just be run through the ground. Who's their Who's their number two? I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. Is it still Ted Ginn? Uh, uh, he's, no, he's exactly. Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris. Traquan Smith also. Yeah. I mean, they don't have guys. weapons. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I think you're ex- being hard on Jameis. I'm just looking at right now, and, and obviously, Taysom Hill, his arm is not well, his strong We'll, we'll agree to disagree. So to, to reiterate our, our top five teams going from five to one, I feel like the top five teams that desperately need a quarterback change, the Giants, Saints, Lions, Steelers, and Panthers. The Saints only need a quarterback change for me because Jameis' injury. If not, I, I wouldn't put them on here. I agree. Um, I had the Texans, Panthers, Saints, Steelers, and Broncos. All right. From five to one, I have the Browns, the Steelers, New Orleans, Denver, and Carolina. And this is a question for the audience. Is Teddy Bridgewater somebody the Broncos should be looking to replace this offseason? Let's see what the audience says. Or let's see what the TikTok TikTok says. Definitely looking to upgrade. I think you should definitely be going into the season, into this offseason saying, can we find out a way to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater? Because that's going to put us over the hump. Because we have season after season after season of the Broncos looking for a franchise quarterback ever since Peyton Manning left. Wasn't Brock, wasn't Drew Locke, not Teddy Bridgewater. You got to figure it out. If it's not Rodgers, Russ, probably, obvious, oh. without a doubt, Deshaun, that just goes without question. And Matty Ice, I don't want anyone else. Teddy's, I'm cool with Teddy. If, yeah, I to, agree. Cool to a degree. But rather, I, I need the top guys. That's the only reason why I say that, because we could win a Super Bowl. Guaranteed. Sounds good. You'd rather have Teddy or Jimmy J? Teddy. To stay on the topic of quarterbacks, the Browns right now have a bit of a, a quarterback dilemma, you can say. Not a quarterback dilemma, but Baker Mayfield, first overall pick. Fantastic rookie season. 
up and down second season, third season, very efficient. Now, right now, he's not playing so well, but he is banged up. He does have three injuries. I know on your list of teams that desperately need a quarterback, you had the Browns. So I'll let you go first, Drew, with okay. this. Should Case Keenum start over Baker, Baker Mayfield? So believe it or not, I'm going to say no. I think that if you're the Browns and you invest in the number one pick overall in Baker Mayfield, you have to ride with him. Regardless of whether he's injured or not, if he's good enough and he says, I'm okay to play, you have to play him. Because you don't waste a number one pick and then start a guy you pay however many million, five million, less than 10 million a year for over Baker Mayfield, obviously. Now, again, like I said earlier, Baker Mayfield's not been anything of what we expected. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. His weapons are not the best. Jarvis Landry's getting a little bit older. He's not a bad piece by any means, but he's not what he used to be. Kareem Hunt in and out of the lineup when he was in, obviously things click, and he's very efficient in the pass game. And Nick Chubb also had an injury as well, and he's missed a little bit of time here and there. But you look at the numbers. twenty. Like I said a little bit earlier when I was talking about my QB list, 26 NFL and QBR, 21st in passing yards, 24th in touchdowns, 27th in completion percentage. He hasn't been good. But overall, they, they're still staying afloat with him at quarterback. And if they were... One and nine, or, or a terrible team like that, then I would say yes. Listen, he's clearly hurt. Let him sit. This is your franchise guy. Supposedly that that's what the Browns keep saying. Let let him get healthy. Let not put him in harm's way and get him more banged up than he already is. But they're still in playoff contention. They could still make the wild card. I I'm pretty sure at this point in time the division's out of the the question. I think the Rams will. Oh, excuse me, the Ravens will win the division. But they're still in the hunt. And they, look at last week, a 16-10 game. It was right within reach. A one-score game, more than more than possible that they could have won that game, especially with Lamar throwing three first-half interceptions. Baker just couldn't get it done. I understand the weapons aren't there, but if you're a franchise guy, you can get it done. But I still don't think that putting Case Keenum over him is going to change much. I think that you still ride with Baker. He's your franchise guy, and you're still a 6-6 six and six team regardless of whether he's been playing bad or he's banged up, you still ride with him. Yeah. I think what the Browns really should have done going into last week was sit Baker. Sit Baker against the Ravens. They have a bye week this week. Give him two full weeks to heal up. And then this last stretch of the season, this last month or so, you could see what really what Baker really has. Because if you're a Browns fan, it can't be good to sit here and see last year having the coach of the year, one of the best offensive lines, really the same weapons outside of Odell Beckham, who, I mean, as of now, we thought... Baker would improve, but he's really just been the same guy. But it can't be good to see him regress like this. You know, he had a great rookie season. His second year with Freddie Kitchens, full-time as head coach, he had a terrible year. But then you look at this year, you you talked about the numbers. He's averaging 220 passing yards a game. He's throwing 11 touchdowns in 11 games. Like, that's terrible. You know, that's your franchise quarterback. We talked about in the last episode, if you're willing to give Baker that 30-plus million. I know he doesn't have everything, right? He's lacking probably an alpha wide receiver. Jarvis is a good number two, but I don't think he's number one at this point in his career. But you still have a really good offensive line. Kareem Hunt's been banged up, but two of the best running backs in the NFL. He has enough to be able to go out there and put up, you know, impressive statistical games. He's had a couple here and there, but overall, injuries aside, he's had a pretty disappointing season. I was expecting Baker to come into the season and to grow on what he did last year because I wasn't the biggest Baker fan, but last year definitely showed me something. I didn't think he was going to have that good of a year. Stefanski really proved to me as well, being the coach of the year. I think Keenum would come in and be about the same. I don't think Baker is a huge step down from Keenum. I think, because I, honestly, I think Keenum is one of the best 
backup quarterbacks that, that the NFL has. So I don't think if you sit Baker, you're losing a ton here. But you also have to see what's the upside. The upside in Baker Mayfield, if he plays really well, we have our guy. We have our franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. The upside of Case Keenum is maybe going to playoff run this year, kind of like he did with Minnesota, which I'm sure all Browns fans would love. But say, you know, Case Keenum goes on that playoff run. Now what happens next year? Do you you do keep Keenum? You just drafted Baker number one overall a few years ago. You picked up his fifth year option. You're going to resign him long term. So I think it would just cause, you know, just commotion in the locker room that the Browns don't need. So right now, the Browns should have set him last week, get him healthy. But now you're already in too deep. You have this by, like, I guess Baker has one week now to get healthy. Let's see what this last month brings. If it wasn't for the bye week, I would say, yeah, bench Baker for Case Keenum because I think Baker deserves the benefit of the doubt. All we look at is the result and the stats of things, and we put nothing to context whatsoever, especially when the media is already out to get a certain player. And with Baker, it just feels like he's getting an unfair shake. He's had four injuries, shoulder injury, knee, foot and groin he still played through it Jarvis Landry has missed four games he has 200 plus yards on the season he's under 300 yards the Browns paid Austin Hooper 42 million dollars where has he been he has 200 receiving yards on the season in Atlanta he had over 700 his first year in Cleveland he had 400 now this year he had 200 and it was done in the same amount of games cuz in Atlanta he never played a full se- he didn't play a full season that year in 2019 where's Austin Hooper been versus the Ravens i i understand you got to capitalize on those drives but on the final drive of the game i saw the Browns two best weapons in Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper at least in the receiving side mm-hmm. drop good passes from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield on that final drive made good plays that were dropped and that's what what held them back from not even moving forward on the drive. I think Baker is getting an unfair shake. I'm old enough to remember cuz it wasn't too long ago when the Browns were 0 16 and Baker as a rookie took them led them to seven wins, seven, eight, and one on the season. Like Baker, he's been the best quarterback the Browns have had in the last 20 years. For sure. Browns fans, the reason why they feel so attached to Baker is because they remember how times were like without Baker. That's why even if the 30 mil is a bit out of his price range, Mm -hmm. you got to pay him regardless because you saw what you were without him. And what mm. is the alternative to not paying Baker? That's, What's yeah. the alternative? That's, that's, the, that's, that's the, the question. question. Because you don't have to pay him 30 plus million. Just like the Rams, a little different because Jared Goff coming off a, a great year going to the Super Bowl. They didn't have to pay him. Same thing with the Eagles and Carson Wentz paid him early. Now, the Browns are taking a different approach by picking up his fifth year option, kind of almost a, a glorified franchise tag, the fifth year option. You don't have to pay him 30 million, but I agree because if you don't, you need to find that alternative. If not, you're going to be stuck with. These, you know, rotating veteran quarterbacks of Jimmy G and, and Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum's, these type of guys. I mean, they're I mean, all those guys are not better than Baker. Baker's better than those guys. Maybe. I, listen, Jimmy G went to the Super Bowl. I Case hate, Keenum I made one multiple playoff better games. Than Jimmy G. It's but not that's what crazy, we're talking about. If we're better. talking about Say slightly better. I think Baker's better than Jimmy G. You said slightly. Yeah, but I also do think what hurts Baker a little bit is that he plays in Cleveland. 
in Cleveland where the weather is really cold. Yeah. I mean, when you're playing in San Francisco, it's always sunny. It's always sunshines and rainbows. It's much easier to pass the ball in those conditions. I think Baker could really strive in those type of conditions. So I think the weather takes, you know, you have to take into account the weather as well. And I think he'd strive in San Francisco. That's kind of a game-by-game thing. I I don't know, man. I just, Baker's arm is too inconsistent for me. Yes, he has some money throws. But Jesus, there's so many times I'm looking throughout the season. Odell's father dropped a 10-minute video of just Odell being wide open or just missing passes. Baker should be better than that. As much as I agree with you on that, we could create that same highlight clip for Russell Wilson this year in terms of DK Metcalf and him missing DK. I agree. But Russell Wilson has a decade of top five quarterbacks. I understand what you're saying. But we... And that offensive line is not talked about enough. It's bad. Yeah. The thing about that Odell versus Baker dilemma in the highlight clip that was dropped, yeah, it looks bad. The optics of it look bad, and Baker Mayfield was at fault for a lot of those missed reads. I understand that. But it's not like we didn't see Baker without Odell. True. Baker without Odell is a, is a significantly different quarterback. So he weird. is better. Matthew Stafford, since Odell has gone to the Rams, has been worse. Has he not been worse? Easy. I'm not saying let's blame Odell here, but I'm just saying there's a correlation. We it, saw a few things click last game. The I biggest saw a few things nah, click. The issue with the Rams is, is losing Robert Woods more than gaining Odell. That's that's, a fact. The, that's the bigger that's issue. I think that's oh, the bigger I get story. It. I understand what yeah. you're saying, but I'm saying there's a correlation between Odell leaving and quarterbacks being better or worse. There's yeah. a correlation there. I'm not saying it's all on Odell, but we need to give Baker some slack. But to talk about the question. Like if the bye week wasn't this week, I would say okay, you know, let him let Case start because Baker his last three games is completing fifty point nine percent of his passes. I mean that's horrible. Case Keenum is at sixty two percent completion percentage for his so career or this season. This season, so that that's it's not very game, good though. either. Yeah, but one game, one game and a half because he, he got into versus uh, the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Patriots. So. It's um. That's not a great completion either, but at least you're you got somebody that's healthy in there. So yeah. I, I think it would be a little bit better. But since they have the bye week and he gets to rest up, I think Baker will, will come out far better. I also think the Ravens aren't getting enough credit for stopping the run the way they stopped it, 100%. and for the man covers they played on these receivers. Where is Rashad Higgins? That's another. Guy. That's a fact. Rashad Higgins. Chill. Last season, Rashad Higgins and Baker He's had a, a very, very good connection. I was gonna ask. Were you saying to sit Baker, you're talking about if they didn't have a bye week, were you saying that to get him healthy or because Keenum's the better option? To get him healthy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I Keenum's same, not yeah. the better option. But yeah, I just think that, you know, we look at the Browns right now, everybody's pointing the finger at Baker. Austin Hooper has been a huge disappointment. Jarvis Landry, has, has he's missed four games this year. Rashard Higgins, where has he been? Anthony Schwartz was hurt against the Ravens. He was huge for them this year. Now, I have a question. we we got to look at these other guys, too. Is Austin Hooper... Listen, you, you're right. The numbers don't lie. But is it because Matty Ice is better than Baker Mayfield? Austin Hooper wasn't a good signing. Like it was the, Regardless, the I thought it was way too... I, agree. I think he was the highest paid tight end when he signed that contract ever. Highest paid tight end. Which is, yeah, it was a bad which is egregious. That being said, Matty Ice knew how to hit him. Well, and they're they, a pass-first offense when the Browns aren't. So his stats were never going to be Especially at that time with Baker, Ridley and Julio and Austin Hooper. Baker... Is supposed to be a good passer. There's no excuse. I would hope so. But they're a run first team, though. I get it. I I don't think the number one overall pick. If you're telling me that you're the number one overall pick, and when your number is called, you can't 
step up to the plate. Your question, that's a problem. your question is if Austin Hooper's production is is by is and, a product and of due to correct. I don't think it is. Okay. I think maybe slightly. I think the offenses are different. I think Austin Hooper's just not that good. Yeah, he's just not that Agreed. good. He's an average that, tight end. It's, it's really simple as that. Money. I think Hayden Hurst is just as good as him. Agreed. But Austin Hooper got paid that Hurst, second to contract. He had a lot of touchdowns last season. I mean, Hayden why. Hurst last year in Atlanta, I picked him in fantasy. He was. He was reliable some weeks. I was going to say, I had a fantasy good. last year. He was, he was Hurst. a very yeah. average tight end. Hooper was just a tight end. He was good in Baltimore, though. Hurst? Yeah. He was good. The way you say Baltimore. Baltimore. Just. Uh, Ball. Ball? <laughs> it's Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore? There Correct. you go. Yeah, yeah. In Baltimore. Like uh, basketball. It like makes my skin itch the way you say it every single time. Baltimore. Like Baltimore? How do you say or basketball? Basketball. Okay. Now Baltimore. 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 There, there go. you go. Okay. Yes. That's never going to stick, but Baltimore. whatever. You know, some, the other day I was like New Orleans and somebody on TikTok was like, I hate the way you say New Orleans. <laughs> New, Orleans. New Orleans is fine with me. You can New say either or. New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. What's say another one word? One? New Orleans. Arkansas, right? Yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas. No, yeah. If anything, that's, yeah, it's, it's Arkansas. I used to say Arkansas. I used to say that when I was like four. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just messing with you. Oh, but yeah, I think, you know. Rounds are in a little bit of a tricky situation, but Baker Mayfield, he's done more good than bad for the city of Cleveland. Fair enough. And this is somebody who has had three head coaches in four years. You know, he's having yeah. stability with Kevin Stefanski right now, but he deserves some leeway, especially with all the injuries that he has right now. Granted, he hasn't played great, but he deserves some leeway because before him, Cleveland was a complete dumpster fire Correct. of an organization. Now, Bill Belichick, the the Patriots look to be back again. I mean, they're they're eight and four right now. They're second in the AFC. They're first in the AFC East. And this begs the question: Is Belichick the coach of the year this season? All the talk has been about Mac Jones. Mac Jones, excellent. He's the star rookie quarterback. We're forgetting the mastermind behind this whole machine. That's Bill Belichick. So is he the coach of the year right now? I mean, he's been phenomenal. Like, we'll start it off with there. We're both Jets fans here, so we've been dealing with this our entire life. I love Belichick. Really? Well, you love Brady. You're no, he's a weirdo. a Patriots fan, borderline. Yeah, you're weird. Having a Brady jersey man, is crazy. Man, man in the year. No, having a New England Patriots Brady jersey is crazy. Having a Brady jersey in general, no, bro. I'm not never having, for Brady. Not having a Bucks a Bucks Brady jersey is significantly different. I, I root for... I like Brady kind of like his off, like off the field. He's kind of like funny on social media. Like, I, I get a laugh. He gets a, a like out of me on Twitter or whatnot. But I'm a, never ruining... I was rooting nice hard for dude. the Chiefs. He's a nice dude. He is not. It's nothing against him. He, I've just seen him beat my team for 20 years. Why am I going to root for him? Why would you hate on somebody that is better than you? Because they're better than me. That's the exact reason why. why. Why don't you look at it in a way like, okay, man. If Brady so came to good, New York, it's different. If Brady wants why, to come why, play for why, the Jets, bet. Say less. Found, I always found that weird. Why do we hate on people that are better or hate on teams that are better? If a team is better than mine, why am I hating on the Patriots for being so good and not hating on the Jets for being so bad? I'm a fan. We just got to be I'm good. I'm, I'm with like, Joel here, bro. Like, we just got to be good. You will not catch me dead. Wearing a Mahomes jersey, no way. You will yeah. ne- like. Yeah, I, I understand, bro. Go to the grave, never ever rooting for Patrick Mahomes. That's how I feel about Brady. I'm never. I was never rooting for him. The whole playoff run, the Super Bowl. No, no way, nah, bro. My mindset: Jets get better, so we can compete with this team. I'm not gonna hate on the Patriots for being so good because don't you hate they losing? Are, huh? Don't you hate losing? I don't. I can't control us losing because our team. You can't sucks. control us getting better either. I, okay, that's but you can that's control fair. you being a fan. I can control. Give him my respect. And I, when I oh, look at the Patriots, I give him my problem. respect. Exactly. And yes, I, I am a fan because as a fan Whoa, of the game, of, I'm like, okay, Belichick, 
greatest coach of all Agreed. time, Brady, greatest quarterback of all Agreed. time. I'm a fan of those guys. Those guys have accomplished the cream of the crop of their industry. That's I'm how I feel about LeBron too. Like I'm a fan. I respect him. I think he's great, but he beat the Celtics. So like I'm never rooting for him. I don't know. I think it's that I was. I would root for LeBron easily. Like he's I'm waiting for it. I'm a Knicks <laughs> fan. I'm a Knicks fan, and even though the Hawks, the Hawks as a team, you, yeah, I don't like them. If Trey wants to come to New York, oh, here yes. you go. I, but the, I would, I would, I would, I would take Mahomes in two yes. seconds. I, would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I, I don't know if I'd cop a Trey Young jersey, but oh, I, you're bugging. I, I you're doing, you're doing it in point one seconds, bro. I definitely He's root for Trey. You do it in a heartbeat. I definitely root for Trey Young. That's You're gonna for sure. cop a Brady Bucks jersey. We're not a Trey you Young Knicks jersey. Julius Randle jersey. No, I'm talking about Hawks jersey. Hawks jersey. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. agreed. Facts. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about if you came to the Knicks. I'm yeah, like, word. I'm saying, like, I wouldn't cop a Trey Young Hawks jersey, but I would definitely build my franchise around him in my league. I, yeah. Like Trey Young's my guy. I love Trey Young. I love watching him. I'm I mean, a fan of Trey Young. He's a beast. Even yeah. though he cooked my team, I'm a fan of Trey Young. Well, I guess it's just different when Brady does it for 20 years and I'm ne- we have two years of contention. Oh, I understand. Your when, entire when, childhood yeah. was basically I understand. 2009, when, when 2010. The, well, I understand. You had one, exactly. A couple moments. I understand. When the Jets beat Brady, I was like, F Brady. It was the best let's day of my go life. Jets. Yeah. <laughs> the best day of my life. The division. Best yes. day of my Jets fandom, for sure. By cl- not close. But if the Patriots are going up against the team and I like Brady, nah, man, I want Pats to win. Simple as that. I hope it's not Pats Bucks in the Super Bowl. I don't know who I'm gonna root for. I may just not watch. I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Pats. As hell, I don't. I don't want either of them. I'm rooting for the Pats. Bro, you gotta respect Belichick coming in and 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 bringing this team one year. On on to the question: Is Belichick the coach of the year? You said that you you respect him a lot. Respect the hell out of him. Obviously, he's the go to coaching. But for me, it's Cliff. I think what Belichick has been doing is great, but what Cliff Kingsbury has done with this Cardinals team who coming into the season, he was borderline on the hot seat. You know, we saw year one and year two, Kyler got better Then he kind of got injured at the end of the season. But if we saw year three, we didn't see another improvement, not only in Kyler, but as the organization or the team as a whole, I think it'd been very easy to fire Cliff and kind of have him as a scapegoat. But he came in and and they've hit on just about everything when it comes to draft picks, for agent signs. I know JJ Watt got hurt, but he was fantastic. AJ Green's been fantastic. James Conner. So I think what Cliff's doing, not only with the the supplemental pieces around Kyler, but when Kyler was healthy, they were 7-1. He was probably the favorite for MVP. We already knew he lead the league in completion percentage right up there in yards, touchdowns. He also had the highest big-time throw rate, according to PFF, at 9%, while still having the lowest turnover-worthy play rate at 1%. So he was taking all these big shots down the field without having nearly any plays that were worthy of a turnover. And I think the way not only is he utilized Kyler, but... Just the pieces that, um, like, obviously Hopkins is one thing, but especially when Chase Edmonds was healthy, being able to figure out that balance between Chase Edmonds and James Conner, because I thought Conner was washed. I saw him this last year in Pittsburgh. I was like, this guy has nothing left. Comes in, leading the league in touchdowns right now, taking over really the workhorse role and being able to, you know, take it to full advantage. Because I thought last year, maybe it was just the Steelers' uh, offensive line being that terrible, but I saw the way James Conner was moving. I thought he would be at the league in two years. It was that terrible, though. Yeah, but coming in and just having the the pieces and, and um, you know, I didn't think it was Cardinals were a substantial upgrade in terms of their offensive line. It's definitely better than Steelers, just about anything is. No, it is, it is. Well, well Cardinals were one of the better offensive lines in the league. Oh, yes. Like we say, I, I say this pretty often. It I was, helps... When Kyler Murray can get outside. What about the yeah. without yeah. Kyler Murray with Cole McCoy? They've been good. I thought James Conner would need so like a, a top five offensive line to look good. I didn't think the because the Cardinals are above average, but I don't think they, they have an elite offensive I line. I agree with that. Um, but moving on, not just Kyler, but then Cole McCoy comes in and he's playing 
oh, not as good as Kyler, but just about as good as you could hope for from a quarterback. Um, he came in on the road against, uh, I want to say, the 49ers, was it? When he came in, had the oh, two, touch- two touchdown him. game, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he had 85% of his passes were completed. Lost the second game against Carolina, but then divisional game again in Seattle. You go in and win by 10. Cole McCoy, again, uh, completing 80% of his passes, 330 yards and two touchdowns. I was skeptical for Cliff, um, like I said, coming to this year, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to make an argument that he's not been a top-five head coach this season. You know, um, before you go, Drew, I just want to reiterate, I don't know if your coach of the year is Bill Belichick or if yours was Cliff. Mine's Bill Belichick. Yours is Bill Belichick? Oh, God, I'll let you go. All right. Well, is yours Cliff or? No, mine is Bill. I just wanted I wanted us. I wanted sure. one of us to defend yeah, Bill no. here. The, listen, Cliff is number two for me for sure. What he's been doing this season is spectacular. But I just think you look at the Cardinals roster and the talent that they have stand out more than what the talent is on New England. Kyler Murray, Mac Jones, Nine Day, DeAndre Hopkins, Kendrick Anyone. Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, all of them combined don't equate to that. I just think that what Bill has done, one season removed, People question all the moves that he made in the offseason. Uh, these are just a bunch of pieces all around that uh, it's not going to make that much of a difference to the squad. I feel like he's just throwing away money. He feels like he needs to just do something because Brady won the bowl. But now we're seeing it translate into wins. And we're seeing this defense be all world. I believe they're first in terms of points given up this season, averaging 15.8, which is insane. They're fourth, they're, in, they're total fourth in total yards. Third in passing. But what has been... One of their strong suits, obviously you look at Mac Jones and what he's done in his rookie season has been great. He's He leads the league in terms of quarterbacks that have played every single game this season in completion percentage. I believe he's at 70%. The run game has been spectacular. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, it doesn't matter who you put in there. They're going to have success. I believe... Uh, in terms of rush rushing, they're the 12th ranked rushing uh, or the rushing offense in terms of yards and seventh in total touchdowns. They have been excellent. They have been a reason why the field's so open for Mac Jones to do whatever they want because you can't just defend the pass. You excuse me, you can't just defend the run. Mac Jones is good enough to sit in that pocket. His pocket presence is not spoken about enough. All people are talking about is oh these wins, these wins. He's he just cannot lose right now. There's a reason why he's so smart. He knows how to read a field. He knows how to stay in the pocket, stay confident in making throws. And it's being made possible by Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevens' success. Mostly Damian Harris. Damian Harris has been excellent this year. But Bill Belichick is the mastermind behind all of this. You don't just lose Stephon Gilmore, arguably a top 10 corner still, and you're a top four, top three, arguably the best defense in the league. I give all the credit to Bill there, especially with the chatter of, is is Belichick as great as he is because of Brady? Is, is, that, is, that, is that the case? And he's 100% put that to bed. And if we see, I've said it once, I will say it again, he wins the bowl this year. He's the best coach ever. There is no one that I will put on his level. The only one that comes comparable to me is Phil Jackson because he did it twice with two different organizations. That's the only one. But football is a completely different sport. To have this certain type of dominance for as long as he's had and to go from the greatest quarterback ever to a rookie quarterback and already have his team as arguably the best team in the conference is only just nothing but the utmost praise for Bill Belichick. Whenever people want to discredit Belichick, they look at Brady. 
Whenever people want to discredit Brady, they look at Belichick. It's a yin-yang complex. And what people don't understand is that, well, Tom Brady is the undisputed GOAT. There's no debate. Period. And if somebody's debating that, you're dumb. And you don't watch football. It's because it, it's just, he is the GOAT. I'm a Peyton Manning fan. And, and, it, and, and, it's and, word vomit to come out of my mouth that he's the in, GOAT. In basketball, you can debate LeBron and MJ. In football, you can't debate Brady and anybody. It's just undisputed. He is the GOAT. In saying that, people don't realize how many tough decisions Bill Belichick has had to make, has gotten scrutinized for, and they turn out to be correct. Let's look at 2001. Patriots first year winning the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe comes in and wins that AFC Championship game. Could have started Bledsoe in the Super Bowl, but no, he says, I'm going to start Tom Brady. At the time, that was a divisive thing. When Drew Bledsoe got healthy from that hit from the Jets linebacker, him saying Brady was going to continue to start was a divisive thing. Bill Belichick turned out to be correct. In 2 the Patriots had a down season. After the 2 season, they cut Lawyer Malloy, who was the heart and soul of that defense, who was a safety for the Patriots, heart and soul of that team. They cut him. It was a divisive thing. And he cut him because he brought in Rodney Harrison, who played the same position. Bill Belichick made the decision to cut the heart and soul of the team and Lawyer Malloy to have Rodney Harrison play that position. You want to know what the Patriots did that year in 03? They went 14-2 and and won the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick makes tough decisions, and they turn out to be correct. Last year, he should have been in consideration for Coach of the Year the way he coached that team. Seven and nine, most opt-outs in the NFL, no offensive weapons at all. Cam Newton, who is a bottom 25 quarterback, lost so many key defensive players and still finished seven and nine. We're right there. We're a couple of plays away from being in that in playoff contention. Very next year, signs Matt Judon. Matt Judon right now has has 11 and a half sacks. He's been huge for them. Christian Barmore drafted him in the second round. Christian Barmore has been one of the better rookie pass rushers in the NFL, and he was a huge get for the Patriots in the second round. Kyle Duggar was great, who they drafted last year was a rookie. Bringing in Adrian Phillips, who's been arguably their best safety this season. Adrian Phillips was somebody that wasn't used last year on the Chargers. And Bill Belichick found a way to utilize him correctly. I mean, the the Patriots, the thing about Belichick that you can count on is that every single season, from from week one to week 17 to the playoffs, they get better every single week. Whenever the Patriots started off slow in this in, in uh, September, the, the saying everybody always said was that it's only September. Belichick always figures it out. And the same thing always occurred because the team gets better. They never stay the same. He signed Kendrick Bourne. Oh, why didn't they sign Kenny Galladay? Kendrick Bourne's on pace for 1,000 yards this season. Nelson Aguilar was good. He, he signed Hunter Henry and John o. Smith, who've been amazing at run blocking. He goes out and trades for Trent Brown, who's been really good for them at that tackle spot. David Andrews comes back. Now we see with a good roster with a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones has been undisputedly the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. And with a rookie quarterback, the Patriots are second in the AFC and first in the AFC East. Before the season, I said, I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots win the AFC East. And even they have 
superseded my expectations because right now I'm not looking at the Patriots and saying they can win the division. I'm looking at them and saying they can win the whole damn thing because their team is the most balanced team in the AFC. I could compare them to any team in the NFC. The only thing holding them back is having a rookie quarterback because we don't know how Mac Jones is going to perform in a big time moment. But for me, I trust Mac Jones. I think he has that it factor versus Brady when Brady came back to Gillette Stadium in the rain. Mac Jones outplayed him, played a spectacular game. I feel like the pressure doesn't phase Mac Jones and he'll be ready for the moment. They're my they're my pick to make it out the AFC. I said that they're my sleeper before, but I trust them as much as any team in the AFC to make it out. And that's why I think Bill Belichick is a coach of the year. He doesn't get enough credit. And if he wins the Super Bowl this season, it's just going to put the cherry on top of what's been an excellent coaching career. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing much more I could really say. Like, listen, either way you look at it, if you want to go Cliff, if you want to go Bill, there's there's no way to argue. It's really, though, you want to take the offensive guy who's put up all the crazy numbers or the, or the defensive mm-hmm. guy who wants to put up all the numbers. I think there might be, do you guys, either of you know last time Bill Belichick won Coach of the Year? I feel I like it's know. been a while. Was it two, Did he win it in 2007? Let me look. I'll 2007 look. though, or 17 or 2007. Seven. I was going to say, because it's been that long. I, I was just kind of assuming he won in the last, you know, five or seven years or so. Just because Cliff is the young guy, he's the up and coming guy who has the, you know, the cool quarterback. Go ahead. 2003, 2007, 2010. Wow. So it's been 11 years since he won. Okay. I was thinking maybe there's a little fatigue there. It's when you're the greatest. Yeah. That's it. Um, but the I, fatigue's not there because Tom Brady left. Correct. Yeah. That's oh, also, that's also it true. It's wide open for him. Yeah. Um, I just think the voters might side with uh, the Cardinals, especially if they get the number one seed. They finish with the best record. Kyler Murray. He got hurt, but was on pace for an MVP. That's the only reason why I side with Cliff. But and, Bill Belichick is and yeah. just developing talent. I mean, we know Dante Hightower has been a, a, a glue guy for their defense, but Jawan Bentley has been arguably their, their best linebacker. J.C. Jackson has seven interceptions on the season. Had a forced fumble on Hilliard last week against Tennessee, which was a big run, but he took away all momentum on that drive after forcing that fumble. I mean. Getting Ramondre Stevenson in what the fourth, fifth round? I think it was the fourth, Absolute fifth round. Come up, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson and, and both Harris and Stevenson are averaging four point two plus yards per carry. Great offense. They've line. been amazing, like always. Like any team that Belichick is on, well, he's been on the Patriots mostly, but yeah. he is the guy who his team always gets better. He has always been a revolutionary guy versus the Giants in the Super Bowl when he was on the uh, no versus the. The Bills in the Super Bowl when he was with the Giants, when he was their defensive coordinator, the Bills at the time had a hurry-up offense that the league couldn't figure out. He figured it out, and he was the one that put a stop to that. He made the playoffs with the Browns. I think he figured out the Wildcat, too. He wanted to shut it down. I don't know. I remember Miami years ago. They were the one who brought the Wildcat. No one could stop it. I feel like Belichick, though, is he one probably, of the guys he probably who did. I wouldn't, shut it down. You know, I wouldn't say it wasn't him because he's done so much. Yeah. I, the only guys I could say that are in that Coach of the Year conversation – Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, the injuries to the Titans and the job that he's done has been exceptional. You look at Matt LaFleur, their defense being so great with all the injuries, but to me, that's more a testament to Joe Barry yep. than it is um, Matt LaFleur. And then Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler out and still winning, still at the top of the NFC. That's something to rave about. I just think the storyline of Bill Belichick doing this after Brady's oh, yeah. left, after he won a championship, is just it's it's much more meaningful. Everything's setting up to be the Patriots and Bucks in the Super Bowl. That's the NFL is is drooling over that I'll scenario. Be honest, I think there's a higher percent chance that the Patriots go to the Super Bowl than the, the Bucks. Bucks. 
I'm looking at the Packers. Yeah, this I'm is the best Packers team. My Rams, man. but the Packers oh, look ball. scary. Yeah, man, you gave up on that after Week One. That's okay. I mean, listen, they were still my number two team. It's nothing wrong with that. But I still, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay consistent. The last dance. It's we're seeing in fruition, but yeah. we just I wasn't I, expecting the defense to I be the know, highlight. I don't know if it's gonna be the last dance, bro. I think it's really hard for me. If oh, for him to walk yeah, away. If you're on Rodgers, you get one or number two seed, you're gonna win multiple playoff games and possibly go to the Super Bowl. And you see the team that they finally put around you, the defense finally stepping up for the first time in God knows how long. How do you sit there and be like, you know what? Nah, let me go, let me go try Pittsburgh. Let I'll me go try what, Denver is, when you already know what Green Bay has. Is there a possibility if he wins, he pieces out? I, I think that's, he's done. He's a weird guy, so maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, bro, if he wins a championship and pieces out, he will creep into that top three conversation. I, don't know. I feel like he's also what? all time. He's, I think he's already there. No, he's not. I feel like he's... Who's, is, I, Brady, is Brady Montana than who? And Peyton. Simple. Oh, okay. You can make an argument for either, but I think Rogers is kind of the guy that like... They've had a weird relationship, him and Green Bay, over the last few years. I think he kind of wants to stick it to them still, too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he retired right away, but... Maybe there's a better chance. I don't know. You I don't think know Payne's better happen, than Rodgers? I do think well, that. I mean, that's his guy. So Just let's not have this debate, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's better than Rodgers. All right. Bro. Leave me alone, bro. I don't, I don't feel strongly either way. You could hear the argument for both. I'd have to look into it. Payne retired with every single record. It's that simple. And he retired with a Super Bowl. Or, but Rodgers didn't play until his fourth year. Okay. What's that have to do with me? <laughs> Feel like first team all pros. How much does Manning have? In Payne has five MVPs. That's all you need to know. Rogers has two, three, right? I think two he has three? three. I think he has three. This was his most recent was three. Yeah, uh, Payne definitely has the accolades, but Rogers is done. Fifty-five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah I mean Rogers fifty-four hundred yards. And got embarrassed. Our defense was dookie, but <laughs> and got embarrassed in the right. Super Bowl. To arguably the top. Five best defenses of nah, all time. you just got mad unlucky. It was the only Super Bowl that was outside in the cold. That was bull, man. I yeah. can't believe that they let that slide. With the worst, one of the worst outside I'm quarterbacks I'm glad I didn't ever. go to that game. Yeah, I really God. almost dropped a bag to go. And it was freezing that day. I would have been miserable. It was freezing. First play of the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Can remember. we go move on, please? Yeah. <laughs> Payne is statistically one of the worst um, cold weather cold quarterbacks water. ever. Yeah. And then he went to Denver. He's like, let's yeah. go to the coldest Lord, place Lord. ever. Yeah. But thankfully, whenever you play Tom Brady, 75 and sunny. God bless. God bless. Yeah, that's what happens when you play in Indy your whole life. No, what are you talking about? The two years that we played uh, the Patriots in they away? the AFC Con- you They were away. We were in Denver. In- oh, oh, I'm thinking. I'm I thinking understand the what you're saying. Sport. That's even a better argument for Rodgers. He can play in that cold weather. He play- I mean, always plays in the cold. He does, for sure. But paying against Brady in the AFC Championship, 4-1. and one. Yeah, but. That's all I'm going to say. You think, you think Brady really cares? I'm sure Payne cares. Oh yeah, I well, care. Yeah, that's all go. that matters. That's what I'm saying like <laughs> the NFC West right now is is a tricky division because going into the season we all thought this was the best division in football. One of the teams has disappointed the Seattle Seahawks. They now have a top six pick in the NFL draft that belongs to the New York Jets. I'm really happy about that. Two of the teams that are not at the top of the NFC West are the Rams and the 49ers. The Rams are seven and four, and the 49ers are six and five. The 49ers have been playing well as recently. The Rams, not so much. So going forward from this point forward right now, which team do you trust more to finish with a better record in the NFC West? And if they potentially get into playoffs, which one of these two teams do you trust more? I want to hear you first, Drew, because you've been the the resident Rams homer. So I want to see what's that. Because 
If I'm the Stafford guy and Stafford is letting him down. Because even when we got this topic, I was looking, I was like, damn, I really, and we're still sitting here and I'm like, damn, I don't know. So I want Drew to go first. Bro, Stafford, fourth quarter comebacks, fourth quarter comebacks. Look, pick six, three straight games. Well, one of them wasn't on him. This most recent one was pretty bad. I didn't like that throw to Cooper Cup. I thought it was definitely forced. But the one against San Fran, Higby should have caught that ball. It's simple as that. And then I can't even remember the one after that. Titans, uh, the Titans one, was, he was like late on an hour. Okay, I think. all right. Well, regardless of that, I'm looking at these two teams' schedule. And honest to God, I do believe it comes down to Week 18. Yes, 100%. I, think, I said the same thing. Bro, <laughs> I think it comes down to this last game of the season where they do meet up. Both schedules, the Niners have a very nice schedule to mm-hmm. end the season. Mm-hmm. They have the Bengals, or excuse me, they have the Seahawks, which is more than winnable game. It is division game, so anything can happen. Bengals is going to be a really good game. But the Falcons, Titans who are banged up, Texans, and then the, that Rams week 18. Then you go look and, and you, you look at the Rams schedule the rest of the season. It's kind of, you, Obviously the Jaguars. Then you have the Cardinals, Seahawks, two division games right there. Vikings who aren't a slouch. Ravens, who are number one in the AFC, and then, like I said about that week 18. Now, this is where things get interesting, because is Debo Samuel going to be there? How long is Debo Samuel going to be out for? So only a couple weeks. He's not. I don't think he's going to put an IR, so one okay. to two weeks. My All guess. right. So that's a big part of what I'm going to say, truthfully, because obviously Debo has just made this offense unbelievable, and the fact that he could have zero receptions, zero yards, and still have... This tremendous of an impact on a game is insane to me. He is the wide receiver version of Christian McCaffrey. Thanks for stealing my tweet. It, 100%. I'll give you that credit. 100%. I, I was wondering where I heard it from. That's 100% it. He is the wide receiver CMC. And here's the concern. We already seen his body shut uh, get a little dinged up. He has been an injury-prone type player this far into his career, but we see what happens when he's fully healthy. He's a beast. That was right on the nose, Joel. For real, that's it's perfectly said. He has the frame, he has the speed, he has the elusiveness to be special in both ends of the field it, or both sides of the ball, whether it's receiving or running the football. But if he's not going to be there, I don't know if I trust Ayuk to be that wide receiver one and get stuff done. Obviously, we saw it last season where Ayuk was getting involved in a run, getting involved in the pass, and he was really solid. And he's starting to pick it up these last couple of weeks for sure. But I think that's also in part of Debo's effect in the run game. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how the Niners play these next couple of weeks without Debo. But now I'm looking at the Rams, and I see the Rams playing the, playing the Jaguars, and they've had a rough three stretches, uh, three game stretch. Can't overlook this game. They cannot overlook this game and be like, oh, it's the Jaguars, they, whatever. They need this to be the game that they come back. This was perfect timing for them, in my opinion, because it's not getting any. It, it only gets harder from here on out. A lot. You need this game to get comfortable to start running the offense with Odell. We saw bits and pieces of it in the garbage time uh, in that Packers game where Odell hit a nice in and out route to to hit the crib. I would like to see a little bit more of Odell getting involved. Obviously, Cooper Cup's the guy, and you need to continue feeding him. But without Robert Woods now and his impact and not only running the ball, blocking as well, which has not been talked about not nearly enough, you need someone else to step up. We're seeing Van Jefferson. He had a solid game last week. But is it going to continue? He's had a problem with drops. This is the perfect game for them to bounce back and to to get back into form. It's going to be tough. I can't I can't lie, but I think ultimately I am still going to ride the Rams. I think the Rams do finish up top. I think that with this Jaguars game, if they're coming out the way that I do think that they can, 
They already lost once against the Cardinals. It's going to be a really good game. It's more than possible they could win. Seahawks, they have to win. It's simple. Vikings, more than winnable game. Ravens, if you're as good as you are, you you win this game. Yep. Their defense is not that great. Your your strength is passing the ball. Their pass defense is not the best. We just saw them have a really good performance. I think performance. they're the worst in the NFL. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. Uh, we just saw them have a really good performance against Nick Chubb and the, the Cleveland Browns. But is that in due to them being in division and them having a little mm-hmm. bit more time to prepare? It's 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 a winnable game for sure, and then that Niners game. Ultimately, I do think it will come down to this. The one game lead is huge for the Niners. Oh, excuse me, huge for the Rams. But it's going to be close. But I am going to go Rams. I still haven't made up my mind, but I'll, I'll go. I'll go into my points first, and then hopefully at the end of my little soliloquy, I'll, I'll figure so it out. So after all that, you go, you're going with the Rams. If there's one thing about me, you can trust you're that I'm going to be consistent. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I stand by my word, and I will, I will, I will come here on the show and say I was wrong. But I trust myself, and I trust the Rams. There's things I like a lot about both of these teams. To start off the, you know, the careers of Sean McVay and uh, Shanahan as head coaches. Sean McVay started out three and one. He seemed to be, you know, he was he came out the gates on fire. This Rams team he took over. He was, you know, the the best coach in the NFL for a couple of seasons. Everyone was trying to find the next Sean McVay. But over the last five games, the Rams haven't been able to win. Shanahan's 5-0 against the Rams. He, it seems like he has their number figured out. So they both have elite head coaches. Uh, even though Shanahan did get, you know, some some backlash earlier in the season, he's proven, no, he's, he's still an elite head coach. They both have explosive offenses. I know we think of the Rams as just kind of the, the prototypical offense who have these over-the-top guys with Cooper Cup and Odell and the big-armed <laughs> quarterback in Stafford. So we, we right away know, okay, they're, they're a big, high-powered offense. But the 49ers do the same thing. Drew mentioned with Debo Samuel in the lineup, he's been a top five receiver this year. Brandon Ayuk, who started the season in the doghouse, has really picked it up. Not only in the receiving game, he's had some really good highlights blocking as well. Because it's still going to be a run-first team. They both run the same offensive schemes in terms of zone running. And you look at the 49ers, they're having Elijah Mitchell having a breakout year. They drafted Trey Sermon in the third round. He's been a healthy scratch almost every single game. Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round took over the backfield once Raheem Mostert went down. He's been phenomenal. You have George Kittle back, who's looking like that top three tight end that he was last season and previous seasons, really. Last season, he was kind of banged up, as well as this season. But as long as he's healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the game. And you look at the this Rams schedule, not just in the future, but I went back and looked. What statement wins do they have? And I found one. It was September against the Bucks and the Colts, and th- yeah. that even to me is not even a statement win. That, that's what I was gonna say. Right after <laughs> they beat, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. The Bucks were week. T- the Colts were week two. Bucks were week three. So we're talking about September. It's December now. Right? This is a whole new game. We talked about earlier how the cold weather can affect you. So when the Rams are in the 49ers too, when they're going on the road, they're playing the Ravens and these teams that it's going to be cold, windy, chilly, maybe snowy. The whole game changes in Seattle. Also at the time, yeah. yes, they were in the game and and yeah. the Rams handled them swimmingly. Yeah. Um. But then I look at these last few months, they're, they're beating up on not good teams. Chicago, Giants, Lions, Texans, like you said, Seattle. I don't know if Russ might have been hurt. He got uh, hurt, he got hurt that in that game. That was the Thursday game, Correct. I think. Even with Russ, it's not a big time win. Even uh, early in the season, we still gave the Seahawks their respect. Mm. So I'm counting as a big win. One thing that scared me a lot this week was the Rams are coming off a bye. They're playing the Packers. This is the biggest game of the season. If they want to get right up there and try to still get that number one seed, which is just as important as basically anything else when it comes to football, having that week by not only to um, you know get past that first round, but you get all those guys a week rest when they desperately need it because you know your bye at that point is probably two months in the past. 
you come off a bye and you get smoked by the Packers. I know it was a one score <laughs> game, but they were losing 37 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. It wasn't a contest. They scored later in the game. It was an eight point game, it ended up being 36 to 28. I want to say, but you're yeah, coming, you, you're coming off a bye and you get smoked like that against one of the best teams in the NFC that you're holding yourself to. We're just as good as these guys, if not better. We're gonna have to compete with these guys if we want to go to the Super Bowl. And you get you lose by tw- I mean it's eight, but you're really losing by 20 for most of the game. The Niners, on the other hand, they have two impressive wins over the last three weeks against the Rams, the Vikings, who not as impressive as um, you know went against the Bucks or the Bills or something like that, but still, nonetheless, it's a really good team. It's going to be a wild card playoff team, borderline. So I still give that to them. And as you mentioned, the schedule for the 49ers is lighter than the Rams. It's going to come down to that Week 18 game, 49ers versus Rams. Who do I put my trust in? Stafford, Garoppolo, is Debo healthy? It all- come on, bro, come on. After come on, it doesn't feel good. I want to ride with the Rams, but it doesn't feel good. I want to say the Rams, but it just doesn't feel right. I think the 49ers are going to end up being second in that division, but I don't feel good about it. That's a good choice. I'm gonna say this, man. Let's hear it, bro. When the Rams got Von Miller, I was like, you know, this (laughs) this can put them over the top. This can get them over that hump, and I picked them to make the Super Bowl. Every night I go to sleep thinking about that take, and I just regret it so much. Good. It's, it's something that should have never even came out of my mouth. I was so wrong for saying it at the time. I can't believe I got sucked into saying it because the Rams are pretenders. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Sean McVay, accolades-wise, wise, career-wise, he is better than Kyle Shanahan, at least in that aspect. Whenever Kyle Shanahan goes head-to-head versus Sean McVay, if the Niners are facing the Rams, he always, always gets the best of Sean McVay. When you look at the Niners, they're finally getting healthy again. They're 6-5, and five, top 15 offense and defense. They've beat the Vikings and Rams two of the last three weeks. And up the upcoming schedule, the Seahawks, that's a win to me. The Bengals are up and down. If they come out flat, they can win that game easily. Not easily, but they can win that game. The Falcons... They can win. The Titans, a toss-up, but then the Texans and Rams. The, the 49ers can finish off with a 5-1 and one record to end the season and finish off 11-6. and six. You know, I think they'll finish 10-7, and seven, but they can very well finish off 11-6. and six. Jimmy G has not been bad. Jimmy G has been good. He's been manageable. The reports about him not being there next year with the 49ers unless he goes on a Super Bowl run, that's a bit unfair. But that's because they want Trey Lance. But Trey Lance is not ready right now, and that's just the gist of it. When he played, it was obvious that he wasn't ready. I'm glad that Jimmy G is showing something because I hope that he gets an opportunity with another team after this offseason. Debo, you're right. He's out a couple weeks, but Ayuk has been involved in the offense much more. Kittle is back. He's been getting involved. The run game has been going, and it's Elijah Mitchell, man. uh, Yeah, Trey Sermon... He is just slow. He's yeah. a slow poke. That's really why that's he's like Snorlax. Let's that's say, why yeah. he, he ran like a four. That's six why seven. he can't be the lead back. What? And that was at his pro day, so that's inflated. Yuck. He is not fast. You you don't see that burst <clears throat> with him. Elijah Mitchell, he's been with the 49ers. He's been that Raheem most certain replacement. Even he is not as fast as most certain. No. But Mitchell has been phenomenal for them. They're running the ball. They're the offense is very manageable for Jimmy G. They have a groove going on. Dre Greenlaw just came back. I mean, they're getting healthier, and I'm trusting the Niners right now. Bro, the Rams. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
the Rams are 0-3 since Von Miller coming. to the And every single team they face that has been a good team, they have lost to. They got embarrassed by the Niners. They got embarrassed by the Titans. I'm I'm trying to think about who else they lost to because Packers just now they got yeah. embarrassed by the Packers. The score didn't indicate them getting embarrassed, but if you watch the game, you knew it wasn't close. Off off rip. It was a rough third quarter. Sixteen. The, the Rams are one in four against five hundred teams this season. They just they just haven't been impressive. They just haven't. Their best two wins have come against the Bucks and, and the Colts. The Bucks is a good win. There's no doubt. But you got to perform against these other teams, and they haven't been performing. I can't trust them, and their schedule is 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 as easy as the 49ers somewhat, but actually no. Like the Jaguars is a tough, is an easy game. They can win that easily. But then you got Arizona with potentially Kyler healthy. You got the Vikings, the Ravens, the 49ers. These are all tough opponents, and they can very well choke that and be third in the division. If I'm and also the reports about Stafford being injured, chronic back pain. He's always had that though. Yeah, he has always he has. had that his entire career. If there's one thing, he has been hurt. And the and the Rams knew about that before trading for him. <clears throat> and the elbow stuff. I mean, Matt Stafford, his injury. These reports about his injuries being him being um, you know, him being injured is concerning. That's why I'm going with the 49ers all day. I'm the 49ers. I'm going with them all day. What I said about the Rams, the biggest mistake I've made on this podcast, the biggest. He started feeling the pressure. That's what it was. I said after we won, believing, like, oh my God, no. We can't have this. We believe, can't. Believing in the Rams was my biggest mistake this season because. Remember this. Even, even when, Drew, even when you talked about the Rams, you were talking them up. Even when I said they'll make it, I even said on that very pod, I can't trust Stafford. Yeah. I can't Pick trust Stafford. Pick a side. Please. It's just hard for me when I see this roster that is... It's juicy. Man, it's, it's just... It's, 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 like, it's like a hot girl with no personality. <laughs> it's like the roster's there, but Matthew Stafford is the personality. That oh, I'm like, my God. I can't, I can't yeah, buy into it. He's been, I can't not, buy into it. corner. Get him lit up. I'll give it to you. Matty Stafford hasn't been fantastic. That second corner is getting exposed. All they're doing is not targeting Jalen. And it's working. Nah, Willie, Darius Williams hasn't been good this year. He hasn't been. And for some reason, I don't know how it's possible, but these defenses are doing a great job of avoiding Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. How does that make sense? And Leonard Floyd. How? How is it happening? It makes no sense. They need to get it together. This Jaguars game is <laughs> but, a statement but you're right. win. Oh, no, it's, it's not. not. Hell, it's no. a Jaguar. Hell, I don't care if you lose forty zero. It needs to I mean, be a forty zero game. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going but to that, say. I don't think that I changes need, anything for me. No, they got to beat a good them, team for them. The, okay, nah. yes, their own like confidence moxie type. Okay. They have no. I think what they need is to beat a good team. That's gonna enhance their confidence. Yeah, I will say this. Talking about that Debo and CMC, I honestly think that if Debo, if Kyle Shanahan converts him to a running back, he can easily be a one thousand yard rusher. Easily. Yeah, oh, yeah. Same thing sure. with CMC. If CMC is converted into a slot receiver, he can get a thousand yards. Didn't he already too. do a thousand and a thousand? Yeah, he yep. did. He did. He had a thousand and a thousand. That is ridiculous, yeah. bro. What Debo can do it too, but I think that if Shanahan does that, that's just mismanagement. I think they're Debo both too fragile point. to, with yeah. all due respect. I mean, especially because Debo has a lot of body. he has a lot of soft tissue issues that are just that's not even from getting hit. That's just from like kind of pulling up and you, it's stuff that yeah, groin, it's, yeah, hamstring. it's just stuff to that's hard to avoid because it's, it's going to be every couple weeks. 
Yeah, and Debo's the type of player, too, that you can't rush back. He's not someone you could put back in the lineup like you did with Russ. Different, obviously, everything. But someone that you can't rush back. He needs all the time he could get to stay healthy. Y'all thought I was crazy, man. I told you I'd rather build an offense around Debo than DK. Now, See, you're now y'all that, seeing Debo, you what he's doing. Just, you also are the one that, like, 20 minutes ago did just say Russ is not seeing DK wide open. Ah, uh, yeah, but I said I was still... DK, if I'm built, like... If we're not taking injuries into account, yeah, not taking one of the more important things, even into though Debo's been healthy for, man. for most of the year, I'd rather build my offense around a player who can do everything. He can play on the outside, Fair. he can be a slot. I think Debo can line up his tight end if you really want him to. Listen, he can do it. Fair. I think Debo can do anything. See, but even in Debo's <laughs> best year, Debo can be a fullback, he can be a running back, he can be a tight end, Corner. he can be a slot. I think he could play box linebackers. <laughs> I think he could do that. But you Look, saw bro. they put Cordero Patterson at a like reserve safety. He said he wants to play safety this year. Get the get the hell out of here. He wants to get an interception. Yeah. That's pretty lit. That being said, even in his best year, for sure, this is Debo's best season. We're still seeing the biggest concern for Debo Samuel occur: injuries. You know what? I, what I'll say about that about the Cordero Patterson thing: seeing Cordero Patterson resurrect his career with the Atlanta Falcons and finally being used properly makes me think about how many organizations draft players. Those players become busts because their or their coaches didn't utilize them correctly. And I think Cordero Patterson's a prime example of that. Yes, we have players that are just that are just bad. Yeah. But there's a lot of players that also are just not scheme fits and their coaches are oblivious to how to how to use and how to use them. I so, don't know. Patterson, bro, he's was his year 10 for him. He's like been one of the better. He's, he's been one of the, he's been a See, top three kick returner. Yo, no, special teams, yes. yeah, he's been one of the best kick returners in the game. But it's hard for me to think 10 years of coaching organizations have just failed him. I just think he's kind of the the uh the Falcons just really goes down. They really don't have any other weapons. Pitts has been up and down. Like he's just kind of the focal point. Mike Davis stinks. Like I don't know. I feel really like I feel like Cordell Patterson under the right coaching could have been a really good receiver. What has opened up his game? Is the passing out of the back? It's it's that simple. You have Matt Ryan who's checking the ball down damn near every because you look at him on the Bears, him on the Patriots. What did they really do? Rush him outside, kind of run him up the middle. Never really got him involved in that pass game. That pass game really has unlocked a different level of his game. We all see players that we thought would be successful in the NFL, and for for whatever reason they weren't. I think Cordell Patterson right now is one of those guys that he, he's telling everybody right now, like, no, I was this good. My coach has just failed me. Yeah, PFF has what? Him and Jonathan Taylor, top yeah, two backs? They have Patterson one and JT second. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, that's ridiculous. I wanted to ask you guys this question because, you know, this this question is going on around on TikTok and on Twitter. This is a highly debated topic or question, right? Cooper Cup is having a fantastic season. He leads the league in receiving yards. He might break a damn record this year. We know his production has been fantastic. <clears throat> But is he a top 10 receiver? If you were building, if you were drafting a receiver, you needed to pick a receiver to be the your number one guy on your team. I think there's like 10 to 15 guys you'd go with before Cooper Cup. We had this discussion on the last one where we drafted the team. Yeah, we I did. think I think Cooper Cup was he might have been Drew, was that your last receiver you took? He was. So he was probably the eighth receiver. And to I take told off Drew, the board. I, I told Drew that's a mad early for Cooper Cup. <laughs> be the last receiver. Be the last receiver. <laughs> no, because we're if it's Riv, you, me, and Drew, yeah. we're each picking a total pick. eight receivers. Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. That so that would be the like the eighth, eighth receiver. Yeah. I think there are guys that you'd rather take over Cooper Cup. Again, I just Diggs, who everyone has in their top ten. Would you rather Diggs or Cooper Cup? Diggs. But you're saying that way too so easy I'll, for me. I'll, I'm just gonna say this. 
Me personally, there are 10 receivers I'd rather take over Cooper Cup. There may be a little bit more. I'm going to name receivers and you tell me if you take Cooper Cup or them. Okay. Devontae Adams. Yes. Tay. DeAndre Hopkins. Hop. Tyreek Hill. Yep. The freak. Stephon Diggs. It cup is so hard. I feel like when you're on these great offenses, kind of like how Debo is too, you almost take away from them because of how they're schemed and how how well the coaches put them in position to succeed. Because I don't think Cooper Cup or Debo are doing what they do what they're doing in other systems. So that's why, like, I don't think you put Cooper Cup on the Bills. He's putting up as good as numbers. But if you put Diggs on the Rams, he's putting up crazy numbers. So who, Diggs or Cooper Cup? Uh, I wish that kind of caught me out. You did. You have, to say, you have to say Diggs now. Yeah, Diggs. Man, this is so tough. This is hard. You know the answer. That's why you're struggling. No, no, no. You don't it's, want to disrespect no. Cup, because, but you know the answer. Listen, I've seen two seasons like this from Cooper Cup. I've seen one from Stefan. I've seen one. From Stefan, and now that we're going on two right now, two seasons at this rate from Cooper Cup. No, yes, go. 2019, he was he was fantastic, fantastic. he was not fantastic. this good, but no one's ever been this so. Good, picture so. you're going with Cup. E, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, I'm gonna go Cooper. Okay, Justin Jefferson, Jettis, Jettis. Mike Evans, Coop. Yeah, I'll take Cup, Chris Godwin. AJ Brown. Yo, Godwin is interesting, man. Godwin, Godwin is, is better, bro. Let's I think just be I think God, I think Godwin's better. I'm, yeah, I'm not mad at that. See, I but then here I go. I'm saying Godwin's better, but then is Godwin better than Diggs? That like, ugh, that is so. Uh, Do I get a fully healthy AJ Brown or just this, this is, what is, he is this is fully healthy? Yeah. The Give thing is, AJ. yeah, I, I, I'm going AJ. AJ Brown, you're going AJ Brown. Bro, I think yeah. AJ Brown, going into this season, I could have been convinced he was Debo the best. Samuel. Fully like again, bro. It's just that scheme. Who's better? It's Debo. We know it's Debo. Bro, it's tougher than you're making it out. It is, no, bro. It's not. Because the way the 49ers utilize him is different than how almost every other team is going to utilize Cooper Cup is Debo. a slot. I know. We're talking about Debo. Debo. He plays outside also. He Cooper does play outside. So he plays mostly. Debo, Debo can play outside, slot. See, the thing that back. has made Cooper even better is that the year that he had, was it 2018 or 2019? 2019. Cooper was playing in the slot mostly. But we're seeing this season... Him just shift all over the field and be a beast. And the backfield a lot, too. He's really just been a tight end this year. That's kind of rude. If you look at the scheme, he's been utilized as, as that. He's been, he's been in the slot most. He has he's played outside releases. in the... Yeah, true, but... He doesn't okay. get pressed up. Okay, so Debo um, Samuel, who are you going with? Fully healthy Debo. Yeah, I'm going Debo. Keenan Allen. I'm going Coop at this point. Yeah, I'll go Cup. DJ Moore. Coop. Cup. So I just want to count... Is that nine? Adams, Hopkins, Tyreek... Diggs, Jefferson, Evans, Godwin, AJ, Debo. You're taking That's Evans nine. over Coop? I'm taking Mike Evans over Coop. I, I, took, I took Cup, but he's right there. Mike Evans, how much 1,000 yard receiver does close, he have? Close. Oh, like listen, seven, eight. Talk he's about the Mr. Consistency. Evans, Evans. I'm taking like Mike that. Evans. Yeah, but him. in terms of like. 6'5. Yeah. <laughs> he's 6'5. Six, I mean, Cup's five. like 6'3. No, he's not. 6'2? Six, no. He's 6'2. Six, he's he's six definitely 6'1. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking 6'2. Yeah, you got to search up the height. 6'2. Okay. But. So you're giving Mike? Are you giving me Mike Evans? I feel like Mike Evans is better than him. I'm I'm almost inclined to give you Godwin instead of Evans. I'm more inclined to give Godwin than Evans. Godwin and Evans are both better than Cup. Uh huh. It's so close. You're saying it like it is a no brainer. Okay, whatever. So what am I at? I'm at nine or eight. Whatever. He's top ten. Though, He's top ten. Jamar Chase. I'm taking Cooper. Building, you'd say building offense oh, around. Now I'm just saying, oh. if you're, you know, who would you take receiver wise? I'm Cup taking Jamar. Or Jamar. Yeah, Jamar. I mean, so that's Jamar Chase is ten. What about DJ Moore? 
I said Coop. Yeah, Terry sure. McLaurin. That's another Cup. one. Cup. It's so hard. It's just so hard, bro. When you have all of these other factors. What that about go Amari into Cooper? It. I'm taking Cup. Yeah. Keenan, um, what about uh, C.D. Lamb? I'm taking Cup. D.K. Metcalf. When hear his answer. <laughs> he's the resident DK guy. Y'all gotta let me know, bro. It, bro, he's DK right. Metcalf. He's right there. DK. DK is a physical freak. We're he's we're kind of forgetting what DK is, but while also seeing Cooper Cup having the best season he's ever gonna have. Oh so it's kind of like you have to Yo. balance it out. I'll take DK. Yo, these are a lot of hard questions. Yeah, I cannot bro. even because front. the receivers in the NFL. I haven't are even ridiculous. mentioned Antonio Brown. I mean, I'm so hey. biased. No, I know you were. Come yeah. on, Tony Totap. I'll, I'll take Cup, but. I'm just saying, Cooper Cup is having the best receiving season this season, but I don't think he's a consensus top 10 receiver. If he breaks Calvin Johnson's record, he has to, absolutely has to be top 10. There's no way you can make a list if he breaks Calvin Johnson. You think he is going to break it? I don't think he's going to break it. What does he have right now? Let me check. I actually have it right here. Give me one second. He's well over 1,000 at this point. He is at 1,237. There are seven games left. What does he need to break? Two? 18, almost 18? 19. Oh, so he needs like seven or 800 more yards? Yeah. He's rejected at 1,799. And Calvin had 18-something? Yeah, so he wouldn't He wouldn't break it. He's right there. Yeah, though. I don't. I think he'll fall short. But you I've, take Cooper Cup or healthy MT? I haven't seen Michael Thomas play in two years, bro. I can't. I have to take Thomas. Cup. I would just take Cup because he's on the field. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm taking Cup as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's not a consensus taking, top 10 uh, receiver. Elijah Moore? I'm taking Corey Dan. <laughs> Yo, Elijah Moore's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. We knew this. What about Deontay Johnson? I'm taking Cup. Yo, Deontay Johnson's but, not... Oh, no. Yeah. I thought you were saying in terms of like Deontay's Elijah been, Moore. Deontay's Deontay. been dogging Yo, lately. Deontay is a freak. He has 109 targets and one drop, most in the NFL. So do you think that he's better than Cup? No. No, I'm still thinking Cup. No, no, no. Yeah, Cup's Cubs better? Yeah. Okay. I told you, though. Cup? Cup? Sats lie, bro. That's lie. Not in this sense. I mean, he's a, he's he's a, a ridiculous beast. year. Bro. Mike Evans is better than Cup, bro. Come on, bro. Your your lowest total this season can't be sixty four, and you not be at the minimum grade. I mean, the offense also like the a offense, minimum of sixty four yards. The off that's the, the lowest. The he's Bucks had this offense season. could be fine without Mike Evans. This Rams offense is going to be a disaster without Cooper. That's because they have mad receivers, though. I, yeah, but regardless, if you exchange Mike Evans for Cooper Cup, I think Mike Evans is better for the Rams. I don't think he's as versatile as Cooper Cup. He's definitely a better blocker. He's bigger. Yeah. Robert Woods is. I mean, Robert Woods is a great blocker. Right too. now, they put they play Cooper Cup in this kind of pseudo tight end role where he blocks a lot. Evans okay. could do that better. Yeah, because he's a bigger receiver. Exactly. But is he as a mint route runner as Cooper no. Cup is? He's not no. a. He's not as great as a route runner, but his hands are definitely better than. Cooper Whoa! Cup's. Definitely. Definitely, I think nuts. they are. He's the only thing he definitely has over him is when it comes to jump ball jump receivers. Balls, he's six sure. five. So Mike short. Evans, bro, Mike Evans is a dog. Problem. He's yeah. a beast. He's a but he also has games where he kind of just disappears. See, that look, doesn't happen with Cup. We're all agreeing that every single player you've listed is nasty. Yeah. You're just taking it to the next level. Not even a question. <laughs> Not even a thought. Come on, bro, if I'm if I'm starting a team. And well, I'm that like, was different because I asked you, are we starting a team? And you said, who you take? Okay, yeah, th- this same thing though. Like, nah, if, I, not, if I'm start, bro, if I'm starting a team and I'm looking at Mike Evans and I'm looking at Cooper Cup, I'm taking Mike Evans, bro. That's I'm not thinking about it. Like, I'm really not thinking about borderline it. racist. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like with like with um, for example, Devontae Adams, I'm not thinking about. Yes, Hopkins, Tyreek, Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Evans, Godwin, yeah. 
AJ, even Debo. I'm not thinking about You're it. Losing me towards the end. Keenan Allen. Who'd he say? Who'd he say? The, the Evans and Godwin is kind of losing you me there. You said Keenan as well. Keenan taking... Allen, because of his age, probably not. Yeah, but, he's like you know, in his prime, no doubt about it. Uh, DJ Moore, 50 50 for me. Jamar Chase, yeah, I'm taking him. Yeah. Yeah. McLaurin, yeah, I'm taking McLaurin. I, I love McLaurin. He's nasty. I'm torn. I. <laughs> He's just like again, it's just those. And then those DK, seeing, um, yeah, I'm listen, Jamar is a red zone threat every single time He's they're in really that area. Cool down. That being said, that being said, the yards not not there. I'm more inclined to take McLaurin than I am Jamar at this current moment. I think I take Jamar, but don't hate it either way. I think it's tough, man. I don't know. Cooper Cup has been amazing this year. I don't want to take anything away from him. That's what it sounds like. But it just feels like his production isn't equal to where he ranks amongst the top receivers in the league. Yeah, because these all these other guys you're naming, or at least most of them, have had consistent multiple years of doing it, while Cooper Cup had a great year in 2019, down year last year, and a great year this year. So you need to see multiple years stacked for me to really start to believe that you are a consensus top 10 without doubt. Also, I think a lot of these receivers have multiple options on their team. But Cup doesn't now. Like, Cup doesn't. Yeah, that's true. But, like, outside of Adams, like, Hopkins, he's gotten more help now, even though he's been hurt. Yeah. Tyreek Hill has Kelsey. Diggs has Sanders and Cole Beasley Diggs and the Dawson one that I will Knox give respect this year. To. Yeah. Diggs gets my Justin respect. Jefferson has Thielen. Yep. You know, so AJ Evans has really Godwin and AB Henry, and Rob Gronkowski. You know, AJ Brown. Well, last year he had Corey Davis and John Smith and Derrick Henry. He's really been by himself. Yeah. For, for majority, like if I had to Just say Henry's of all these guys, like, yeah. even Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins, he has those guys. McLaurin has been by himself, but he just doesn't have a quarterback. Okay, who's hurt? Yeah, fact. DK has Lockett. Yeah, you know Russell Wilson really helps solid. too. Last few weeks, you know. So you know, CD has Cooper, Gallup, Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson good. breakout game. <laughs> Cedric Wilson was nice. Yeah, no, he had He's a good game. Gallup had a really good yeah. game. I mean, it was a it was a shootout. Yo, so Gallup got to go to the Jets. I don't think JD back to back years dips in. Bro, in next big year contracts. I want the Jets receiving core to be Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore. I was waiting for Garrett Wilson, but okay. I would love Garrett Wilson too. Yeah, that'd be tough. I would like a tight end though. We need a tight end. You yeah, think Garrett Wilson's a top three pick? Nah, nah, nah. Top, he's top, top I think he's, he's top, top 15. 10. So you take him with your Seattle pick? Yeah. I, I just think no, we have bro. so many I, I other think, holes to address. I, I would say Derek Stingley is number one on my board I if think, I'm the Jets. Nah, I think it's Hutchinson or Kayvon. I think we need to get an elite pass rusher. I was going to say, you need We have picks five and six, and we're not going to get those guys. Word, you said number one on your board. I think Stingley's probably going to be gone by five. Maybe, but I'm looking at Stingley. And you're right. If, if we can draft Hutchinson, I'm all for it. Yeah. Or Kayvon, I'm all for it. But where we're picking right now, five and six, I would go... You're still getting a freak. I yeah. would go Derek Stingley. And listen, I want some more offensive line help. I think we know tackles are important, the blind side of a quarterback. But I think the interior is just as important. The center position. I would go Tyler Lindebaum. Is the big ticket out for the season? He's supposed to come back, but I don't know if Evan Neal, the old lineman from Bama, he plays right tackle. I don't know if he could play left tackle, but if he could, I would seriously consider it because this is two years now. Becton can't stay healthy. If he can't stay healthy and I have Neal, who normally plays right tackle, I could just put him over to left tackle when Becton gets hurt. That's huge for the offense. It's a fact. Yeah. But no, nah, the, the center is going to be a freak. I don't think I want, I want to get a center, to be honest. It's just, it's you really got to get Nick Mango replacement. I know, I but it's say. hard to use that high of draft capital on an interior lineman. Like, other than Quentin Nelson, like, when does that happen? I swear, man. What pick the, does Zach Morin go? He was top 15. Uh, yeah, I was going to no, say. He, no, was like top, he was top Nelson, 20 for real. Nelson for sure. was six. That was the highest Nelson I remember. Nelson was super high. I, that was the highest Bro, I remember. I'm going to just be honest. Going. If I was the Jets GM, 
we'd have such a stacked roster right now. <laughs> because so every fan who says bro, Joe Douglas has done a I, great job. He's done good, but just I did I would do better. Yes. For one, Let me hear it. I would well for one, I would have drafted Zach Wilson. Whether you think he's a bust or not, that's on you. Because it for it's me it's too, too early, early to yeah, even say I, I think Zach's gonna be great. Then for in the second round, I like Elijah Moore, but I would have went with Creed Humphrey. And he's been arguably a top five yeah, center in football, top fantastic. three center in football. You know who else I would have taken? Trey Smith, who went in the sixth round, who was a day two talent. Our offensive line would have been Makai Becton, Vera Tucker, Creed Humphrey, Trey, Trey Smith. We would have been stacked. I mean, <laughs> we would have had the best offensive line in football. I could have yeah. done that. And Joe Douglas didn't do it. I, I swear. He Who did he take? Nazril Dean? That's uh, who he took? No. No, we didn't because no, our first three Jamie picks. and Sherwood. Yeah, but that's late. Serious? That's fourth, fifth round. We bro. have no, we had uh, Zach, AVT, Elijah, Michael Carter. Those are our first. Bro, four he picks. took Jamie and Sherwood when Trey Smith was on the board. That's fine. Okay, but when's the last time a GM hit on their first four picks? I guess we have to wait to see for it's Zach. It's just Trey, Trey Smith had an injury thing. Yeah, out and of so college. did Creed. So did Humphrey. I would have not cared though. I'm taking them. These yeah, but you need. He but also right now. Elijah Moore nah, getting bro. a dynamic receiver I, yo, that we don't have swear, is huge. I'm going. I'm going to look at my tweets because I made mock drafts for the Jets and on PFF yeah. during the draft season. I will show you the draft I had. I believe, and you. y'all are going to see those names and be like. Damn, if Joe Douglas would have took those is, guys, is Elijah, it would have been different. Is Elijah, the best receiver you guys have had since what? Brandon Marshall. What? I'm asking. Since I mean, these receivers these last five years have been abysmal. So probably Yo, he's not better than Clyde Gates. Okay. Clyde Gates. Now I'm <laughs> I was gonna say, bro. Who? Now I'm playing, uh, bro. You need to start treating Elijah Moore like he's your like, pride and joy. I, I like Elijah if Elijah Moore, Moore hits, if we him. have an elite wide receiver. Give me that over a center. Okay, I, I can I can get down yeah. with that. I can get jiggy with it. All right. All I can right. Get jiggy with it. But I'm saying you'll, you'll see the Jets draft. I might pull it up during this show. Because I, I just want to show, I want to see your faces when you see how great of a draft I had. All right. And it was a great draft. And man, I wish they got to put me in as a GM, bro. I got I to take Joe, Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas spot. getting Douglas a second round pick for Sam Darnold. Like that yeah, alone. Two firsts for Jamal. Two, we got on. a fourth for Chris Herndon. He did great. Yeah. Those, you you were Joe Douglas hater, bro. That's I, not... I'm a, I'm, okay, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Joe Douglas can. Be the head of trades. I'm just going to be the draft guy. You know what? Fair. Listen, his first draft was yeah. not great. Yeah, no. So he, he drafted Braden Mann. Dr- Braden Mann sucks. <laughs> he's horrible. Was Hall? Is Hall a... Well, yeah, Hall's No, solid. Bryce Hall. He, he's, he's a starting quarter. That was a great pick. This draft he had just had is really good. Well, the first four. Because okay, Michael God Carter. God forbid he didn't hit on a fifth and, and sixth round and pick. And Michael Carter the second. He was the fourth round pick, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was the Michael pick. Carter's another one that if I'm a Jets yeah, fan, and the I'm corner excited. Michael Carter's been really solid, too. No, yeah, that's on those two guys. Mike bro, Carter, Michael Carter. So almost every single player. I was going to say, he's missed <laughs> up like one or two picks bro, this past year. Jamie and Sherwood, Hosma, okay. Nazrul Dean. Bro, yeah, oh, yes, on, bro. but this is fifth, on, sixth, bro. seventh round guys. When Trey Smith was there, Trey Smith, I understand, bro. If you're going to take, if you're going to, like, when I think about drafting, we know that drafting in the late rounds, those guys are like you're just hoping they become they become good special teams yeah. players. If I'm drafting in those rounds and I see a day two guy there, I'm gonna take the risk, even if he got these injury concerns. Because if he pops, he's a starter. Yeah, like, I'd rather do that. You know, Joe Douglas, you got give me a call, man. <laughs> give me a call. Let's work something out. Get me in the just front office. Woody Johnson. That's maybe you really give, give me field to. tickets. I'll be on the field with you, man. We'll, we'll scout. Chop it up. You know, I'll be at the Senior Bowl. Catch me there. I'll be at the Senior Bowl this year. Catch me there. We're going to look at the prospects. I'm, I'm going to give them my eye, man. Isn't the give Senior Bowl eye. like the Midwest? I, I feel like think it's in like so. Iowa or something just like 
I'm, I want to go, though. That'd be no, cool. No, I think it's in Florida, actually. Oh, it might be in Florida, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I would want to go, though. I know a lot of people go to, like, you know, yeah. just watch football and stuff, so. That'd be pretty be lit. Pretty off, Definitely, awesome. yeah. Yeah. So right now, we have to pay some bills. And what that means is that DraftKings is our sponsor, top left. DraftKings has been amazing. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That's promo code TBPN. Shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. Let's get it, man. I'll tell you what. I'm a little disappointed we're not talking about no hockey because my Rangers, I feel like some some bad juju is going to happen. I'm not mentioning the Rangers. We're playing Philadelphia. If we lose tonight, DraftKings, you're going to have to see me (laughs) because we're going to have to talk. Right now, I'm looking at the Jets draft. He better not be changing anything. You better keep your be big brother right now. No, I have a picture. It's a picture. I was going to say your draft, like your mock. Yes. Okay. 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 I'm looking at, I'm looking at my draft. It was getting giddy. Because <laughs> this was also before we traded up, so it's going to be When like was the draft? April, April 30th yeah, or the end of April, like 28th or something like that. Okay. So I said, my dream, this is a tweet, not from PFF. My dream New York Jets mock draft first five rounds. Zach Wilson, Kayla Farley, second round, Creed Humphrey, third round, Diami Brown, Joseph Asai, fourth round, Brevin Jordan. Uh, that's that's so mid. Yeah, that was my... That's and so then, mid. Then it Honest was man over here. then he it was Creed. then it was Brady Christensen and then our last in the fifth round Trey Sermon or Demetric Felton. Yeah, Sermon ended up going round three. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see. Let me see. Uh, I'm okay. Then I said the Jets have to draft Tevin Jenkins at number thirty four. Let me look at the other ones I had because I I changed up as the draft process went. Mm. I love the Jets draft. I thought Joe Douglas knocked it out. I of think the park. he did a good Listen, job. You too. guys are terrible and like. How can you complain about what Joe Douglas has done for you guys? I, I never did. I've always been in. It's like you just look at the talent. It's it's, it's not it's good. Lagging. But we're getting there. Exactly. Yeah. After this season, after this draft class, and we're gonna have two top ten picks, some more money to work with in free agency. I want next year. Next year should be a big step. I want to see six wins next year. You saw the picture I posted with Jason Tatum in a Knicks jersey? <laughs> yeah, I told you. I, I, I replied to it. I said something like, stop now or some shit. Ross, like, where he can really do that. We can't that's just not gloss, happening. We can't just gloss over <laughs> you saying I need a huge step. <laughs> six say? wins would be huge, six bro. Wins. Six wins would be huge. You kidding me? We had two last year. Oh We're going to have like God. four this year. All right, maybe all right, seven. Yo. Give me seven. A little bit Yo, each year. No way. Bruh, I'm so close again this mock draft. I'm I'm gotta search up through the media. You know oh, the yeah. media Listen, portion bro, of it. We'll go over it next episode. 
No, no, no. I can't believe you photo. You had a Photoshop with Jason Tatum in a Knicks jersey. I was, I was ready to block you. I'm not gonna hold you, bro. I was sick, <laughs> bro. I was it's re- like, I'm not starting this narrative. Was, no way. I was watching our uh, most overrated players video, and when Riv said, "Are we gonna say Jason Tatum?" <laughs> I was bro, ready to dip because I, I saw him. Like he was looking at me, and I saw that. him kind of like saying Tatum, like just like mouthing it. I was like, "You're lying, right?" And nah, nah was Riv was dead ass serious. Yo, thing. and I also say, just while you look that up, Russell. Has been fantastic Westbrook? these last six games. Russell Westbrook or D'Angelo Russell? A little bit of both, if I'm being frank. Yeah, both have been really good. Yeah. Bro, Russ has been amazing. Last night, not the best field goal. I what think did, he was 9 for 21. But did you play like the Kings or something? We smacked him by 20. As you should. See, we say that, but then we go and we lose to bum teams. I know, but you guys are kind of... When was the draft? April something? 28th, I want to say. It was the last week of April. So Okay, I'm at, I'm, at July, I'm at May right now. Guys, man, January, February, March, April. Yep, you're May. good. Okay. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get it. Right. I always get those months confused, bro. The beginning months are hard for me. My brain oh, doesn't. Oh, my brain doesn't process them. <laughs> those beginning months are hard. What does that even mean? I don't know, man. I'd be like, "Yo, does March go before February?" I'd be like, "Yeah, damn." <laughs> Is this guy serious? <laughs> Come on, Joe. Okay, look. Okay, I got these rap. two. Okay, okay. Zach Wilson, first round, second pick. I, Zach Wilson was always, yeah. always my guy. Tevin Jenkins, Creed Humphrey, Kelvin Joseph. I actually had a stake in Mike, Mike Carter, the, the running, running back. back. Yeah, Jamin Davis, ah. Kendrick Green, Tommy Tremble, Ernest Brown, and Javion Hawkins. Okay, so yeah, even you were missing on these fifth, sixth, seventh round guys. Okay, then in the in the it's f- the fifth, sixth yeah, round, exactly, bro. Okay, look, this is this this draft I nailed though. Here we go. Zach Wilson at two at pick twenty three. Jalen Phillips that plays for the Dolphins. Yep. He's That's been amazing. he's been great. Then at tackle, I picked 34, Walker Little, which he really hasn't done nothing. Then at pick 66, Creed Humphrey. I would have easily switched that up, though. Mm-hmm. Then Jamin Davis, pick 86, but he went in the first round. He was like a day two guy, but Washington overdrafted him. Tommy Tremble, Kendrick Green, Jamar Johnson, uh, Dax Milne, who was Zach's receiver, and Javion Hawkins. Okay, so I yeah, I think bro. this is a really good draft. That's, Douglas did better, though. Nah, bro. Oh, I, my God. I say this jokingly. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, but there's certain situations that if I was a team and I desperately needed O line help, would it be the absolute worst thing every single round? O line. Uh I mean, I guess if that's literally your only needs, but still you need depth at other positions. If I'm the Jets, fair enough. And listen, the yeah, Jets that's need F- the Jets need so much though. Agreed. That being said, you go one through seven. I'll give you a couple you know, regular flyers on oh, yeah, a different we, type of we player. We need the Elijah Moore. We but need the you, Mike Carter. We we know. see how essential an O-line is. And it just makes one. mediocre players better. We actually don't have a bottom 20 O-line. Yeah, no. Even middle of the 20. pack. You guys yeah, made some really good signings. Like for sure. last time I saw 16, 18, something like that. Uh, Morgan Moses has been really solid at right tackle. One of the things I did in the draft, though, is I always drafted a running back in later rounds. As you should. And, and the reason for that is because we see players that – get drafted high like Christian McCaffrey, get paid big-time money, and then get hurt. And that's what happened. CMC is injured. He's out for the season with an ankle injury. Before that, he missed a couple games. He played three games last season. He missed 13. He's played seven this year. He will miss 10 games, ultimately. That means CMC will have missed 23 games in the last two seasons. At this point, did the Panthers regret paying him this much money? And what do you just feel about the running back position as a whole and paying them a boatload of money? Well, I'm sure they do regret giving him that money, especially when they were in talks for Deshaun Watson and they were saying, we're, we're willing to give you Christian McCaffrey. 
because they obviously realize they can't have both these contracts on their payroll. <coughs> excuse me, and and expect to have a, a complete roster. But I understand you're getting you're getting Deshaun Watson. But the whole point would have been to have Deshaun Watson paired up with CMC. But me personally, I don't hate the running back early. I understand that history shows you shouldn't do it. You can get great value in the second, third rounds, fourth rounds. Kareem Hunt was a six-round pick. I get it. Elijah Mitchell. There's been great players spread out through, through, through NFL history that have gone in later rounds. I just look at Ezekiel Elliott, and he's the one that really started this wave of taking a, a running back early among the new school. Mm-hmm. And him getting a second contract and still being a beast. Leonard Fournette. Another guy who obviously was was pretty solid on on, Jag, on the Jaguars, had a rough last season with them, got cut, but then went to the uh, to the Buccaneers and was uh, integral, from one of the more essential parts of that team, especially that offense. So there's clearly talent that goes there. CMC had probably the greatest running back season we'll ever see on both sides of the football. I understand taking them because they're amazing, but what are what are teams supposed to do? Just let them fall. Because then a team at, at, at pick 29 is getting unbelievable value for, for just sitting there and waiting. I just think that some players are too good to pass up on. Like a Melvin Gordon. I can understand that one being one of those that uh, you shouldn't have taken him that early. But then you look at Todd Gurley, but it's one of the more unfortunate things. What he did for the Rams was amazing. He was fantastic. He's our generation's Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson obviously has the different avenues of being the more the most complete athlete, played baseball, and then football was his side gig. But Todd Gurley was all world, like at the minimum, he was the number two running back in the league when he was at his best. I just think that some of these guys are too good to pass up on. And you just cannot slap them in the face when it comes to giving them a contract come contract time. Especially if they're giving you the production that you need. You look at guys who have a second contract now in the NFL. Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm sure that you know we're going to say that he has a foot injury, but it's a broken bone in his pinky. I actually have the list of all the guys. Dalvin Cook, another one. I, I'm fine with that contract. Ezekiel, I said, I'm fine with that contract. But Aaron Jones, he's been solid. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that contract. You're fine with it, but as of now, these are contracts from running backs that these running backs are getting play, paid 12 plus million dollars per year. These are their, these are the guys CMC done for the year. Derek Henry out indefinitely Dalvin cook out indefinitely Alvin Kamara. He's injured right now. Ezekiel Elliott. He's, he's playing through, he's playing through injury Zeke, but they Cowboys have said, Hey, look, you know, you can rest up. You can be out for a couple of weeks. Aaron Jones, just back from an injury, Nick Chubb, Missed two games with an injury. He's still playing well, though. He had COVID, actually. I said that earlier. He had COVID. That's why he missed. And Joe Mixon. Um, and Joe Mixon, he's actually been very good. He got a second contract. But you look at the you look at just finding value in running backs. A.J. Dillon, 5.2 yards per touch. He's been better than Aaron Jones this season. In my opinion, he has. Elijah Mitchell, six-round rookie, fourth in rushing yards per game. You're finding these running backs that are producing at a very high level that aren't these top guys that don't need a second contract. And we'll get into the Pollard and Zeke thing next segment. Even Pollard. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Come on. It's you, Pollard. You look at that 2020 class, that's what stands out to me. JT, Swift, J.K. Dobbins. You know, you have all these guys going in the second round, and the first running back that year was Clyde at pick 32, and the Chiefs completely whiffed. There was three running backs at minimum 
I'm, I'm blanking. There might have been a couple See, more that I'm not thinking of, but they're all better than Clyde. You and I, I we, we weren't talking back in the day, but we thought that JT was a first-round talent. Yeah, it's that I thought simple. JT was, he the, was best the best running back, back in the draft. draft. Them taking Clyde was a complete, utter shock. That was just us. Scheme fit. I was going to say, that was just people putting too much faith but, into dude, Mahomes and uh, Andy Jonathan Taylor would have fit perfectly in there. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor fits with any any offense. He's the best running back in football right now. Yeah. Um, but to go on the question, the, the CMC question, we talked last episode, is Saquon a what-if player? If Saquon's a what-if player, Christian McCaffrey's turned into a what-if player as well. We saw the historical 2019 season where he had 14 rush, 1,400 rushing yards, over 1,000 receiving on 116 catches and 19 total touchdowns. It's going to go down as one of the best running back seasons in NFL history. But since then, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Since then, he hasn't had a 100-yard game since getting that four-year, $64 million contract. Yeah, so the Panthers are stuck with him until at least 2023. If they want to, they could cut him in 2023 and eat $13 million in dead cap. It's not ideal, but I guess it's manageable at that point, especially if that's three years in a row if McCaffrey can't stay healthy again next year. Um, there's also a report a couple of days ago that said the Panthers are not interested in trading McCaffrey. That's because they can't trade McCaffrey. If they trade him before June, uh, June 1st, he'd be a $20 million cap hit, so they're not doing that. And I also think even if they are in the Deshaun sweepstakes, there's no way the Texans could be interested in McCaffrey. They're a complete rebuild. They'd be paying the highest salary to a running back who can stay healthy, who he's better turn 26 or 25, which, you know, obviously still young, but you might as well take a rookie in the third round and hope he pops rather than paying a running back all of this money. But in the same breath, we saw a few years ago, the Houston Texans, different management, different ownership, uh, not ownership, but different head coach and, and management. Trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, which is going to go down as one of the worst trades ever. So nothing's out of the you know realm possibility. But I can't imagine any team looking at McCaffrey, his contract, his injury history, and thinking, yeah, let me go trade a premium draft pick to go and get him. We're forgetting about the one of the bigger what ifs, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was a great runner and receiver. I mean, he was on pace to do historic things, and then he was with it the It was Jets. tough. <laughs> they just consistently just kept franchise tagging him, and then it got to that's, age 29. That's what you should he do. He was 29 years old and then got his second contract. But that's no, what you should do if you're think, a friend I don't think he was 29. I'm almost I, say he was like I think he's 29 right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like he was like 27. We signed him at 26. Word. Really? That's why I, that's why I said, I like, say 26 for a running back is... It's like you're reaching, there. you're reaching yeah. your final year. Your peak years. is probably like 27, 20, 28 is really like. I think really peak like, is like 24 to 26. He's 29. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I apologize. He's 29 now, bro. We signed him at now. 26. His peak, their peak definitely from rookie season to like 26, because we've seen rookies come in and, and dominate. But once you reach that 27, 28, I don't want anything to do with you. I'll go draft a running back like Michael Derek's Carter in the 27. fourth. There are some exceptions. Derrick Henry is one of them. Yeah. But he might be the only exception. Derrick Henry is an exception because we saw what he did this year, but he's hurt right now. So he's this is starting, a pinky toe injury. I get it, but, but he's, starting, again next year, he's starting to creep into that category. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it one time, all right, it's a fluke. It happens two years in a row. He misses six games next year. And now you're thinking, oh, well, it happens again. I don't know. Zeke is on his second contract and bro's an animal. Yeah, but he he's regressed every year. Not he hasn't regressed has this regressed season. You no four point five and over seven hundred rushing, eight touchdowns is not regression. He's also not getting as much work because Tony Pollard's being brought in. He still has sixty more rushing he's, he's touches been, than he does. Yeah, he's been he's Zeke's been very good. Don't get me wrong, but definitely keeping. I know he's dealing with injuries, but keeping him fresher than they have in years past is definitely helping him out too. That's a perfect segue into our next. Let's segment. do it because I'm ready to go off. Tony Pollard versus Zeke. Tony Pollard is a guy who's an explosive running back, was drafted in the later rounds, versus the Raiders on Thanksgiving, had a kick return touchdown 
something that I don't think Zeke could do personally. I think Tony Pollard me, 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 just me, 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 me. he was ooh, he was running. Tony Pollard, you might as well call him Tony Pollard because every time he goes for a run, I go, oh man, that was different. What? Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, he's like oh that. Tony Pollard, that's crazy. Tony Pollard. So let me ask you guys. My God, you need to go to jail, bro. <laughs> Is Tony Pollard better than Ezekiel Elliott? Are we gonna start with me because that's you, my absolute you can start. Guy. You can start. You have the cowboy colors on right now. The answer is no. Do I think that he has helped Ezekiel Elliott this season? For sure. He's taking a little bit of a load off for Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel's getting older. And you want to save Ezekiel Elliott come playoff time. Well, you we, also have to because of this five-year, eighty million dollar contract. That's that's very true. But we saw the Rams do that, and then not know how to manage Todd Gurley's situation. I mean, I think the Rams just don't care about anything, though. In, they, what, in what sense do you mean? I'm, they I'm traded, asking. Jared Goff had an insanely high dead cap hit, Very and they true. still traded him. Six years, ninety million. I guess sorry. they realize that they still have. Todd Gurley had an insane dead cap hit, and and Rams didn't care. Yeah, I love what the Rams are doing. They don't even have picks. They're playing they Madden. Care. I love it. Say it again. No, the they're Ram- playing Madden. I yeah, love it. That's, that's good. you know it's crazy because the Rams they're doing this now, and like two three seasons they're gonna be in such a hole. McVeigh is going to get fired. They're going to be a dysfunctional no way, franchise bro. again. There's no way. We saw the the <laughs> Saints have negative ninety million in cap room coming into this they had year. Picks though. Okay, but we're talking they about were able the, to the cap draft. situation. They were able to draft though. Who did the Saints take this year? I don't know who they took lat- this year, but I know they took. Um, they've had some good drafts the past seasons. Their offensive line is built through the draft. Yeah, I was just saying mostly the cap situation. The NFL, anything can be manipulated, so I'm not really worried about that. The draft picks is concerning, but hey, they know their championship windows right now, so go for it. All right, let's get back to the yes, topic yes, at hand, go, please. Go. Ezekiel Elliott, that other guy. Ezekiel Elliott. other guy's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Put some, oh. Tony Pollard. Yeah. Can we stop calling no, that? That's the crazy it's nickname. It's bothering me. Yeah. You don't All think right. it's a good nickname? Well, why? Tony Pollan. But why? Like, I get it, but why? Because you know how you know how when Pollan it just gets in, you know, when you're around it, if it gets in your just oh, and I feel like when Tony Pollan, he sounds like smelling salt. Or he's something, just bro. a game breaking guy. Tony Pollan. And when Zeke he, isn't. When Tony Pollan goes for an insane run. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ezekiel Elliott, 720 rushing yards. That's sixth in the NFL, and this is a quote unquote. Reg- he's regressing, right? Sixth in the NFL in rushing, eight touchdowns. That's tied for fifth. He's still averaging 4.5 a carry, which for a regular running back is amazing. Fantastic. Seventh in touches. He's still getting the volume as much as Tony Pollard is, is uh, or, or has a role in this offense. It's still Zeke's for the taking. Has more receptions than Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been more effective with his touches. That being said, still 38 receptions on 46 targets. 228 receiving yards. Has a touchdown. Tony Pollard does not. Tony Pollard has one rushing touchdown. Ezekiel has eight. He's a great change of pace back. And that's absolutely perfect for what the Cowboys want to do. Not only just resting Ezekiel Elliott, but also changing the flow of the offense. Fantastic. And it's been working. It's been effective. You're not taxing Ezekiel. And at the same time, you're still having success. If if Ezekiel Elliott was averaging 3.2 a carry and obviously Pollard averaging his 5.3, which hats off to him. I was I was obviously joking before. He's been great mm-hmm. for sure. As a backup running back, he's been fantastic. No doubt in my mind, I think that he could go to another team and be a starter. He can. Just not on he can. He he's not Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott not only has the speed, not not Tony Pollard's speed, but the ability to run through guys. Pollard isn't Pollard isn't a beast. 
like Ezekiel Elliott is. Oh it's that simple. I mean, the numbers do not lie. He's still being one of the more used backs in the NFL, with still being one of the more efficient backs in terms of scoring the football, and his team's still still having this success. And it's not you cannot say that Pollard's been that as opposed to Ezekiel. Tony Pollard may not be a beast. But he's a cheetah, he's a jaguar, he's a werewolf. He's fast. He definitely has that burst. If we're talking about rookie Zeke 2016, Zeke 2016-2017 Zeke versus Pollard now and what Pollard's been since 2019, Zeke wins all day. Yeah, the problem with looking at the numbers you're looking at right now is that, of course, Zeke's are going to be far better. He's getting far more touches. It, it, it is what it is. And they use Zeke in goal line formation. Zeke is better than Pollard in two aspects. I'll say actually three. Goal line running and short yardage running because he can truck people, trucking, one of the, mm-hmm. and blocking. Those are the three. Tony Pollard is better at everything else. Casting the football, breakaway runs. Pollard has the most rushing yards without starting. He's fourth in yards per carry in the NFL right now. Since, since 2019, listen to this. Since 2019, Pollard has six point has six point two yards per touch. Zeke has five point five yards per touch. This year, Pollard has twenty three missed tackles, three point three five yards after contact, and one hundred carries. Zeke has fifteen missed tackles and two point eight four yards after contact and one hundred sixty carries. Breakaway run percentage: Pollard is at thirty point five percent this year. Zeke is at twenty four percent. Zeke has been below. 20% since 2019, Pollard has been at 28% and up since 2019. And I think it's 14%, not 24%. I did a typo. Zeke Pollard is at 30.5% and Zeke's at 14% in terms of breakaway run percentage. Then we talk about PFF. I understand PFF, they have their flaws. Nobody is perfect, but they are the best way for football fans to gauge advanced analytics and to see how certain players are playing and PFF grade since 2019, Pollard this season, Pollard since 2019, 87, 71.3, and 82.9. I'm going from 2021 to 2019. Zeke, 70.9, 65.3, 77. If you look at the advanced statistics, Pollard leads Zeke in damn near everything. And remember that summer where Ezekiel Elliott was holding out and was in Cabo and didn't want to report to camp? If I was the Cowboys, I would have said, by because Pollard can replace you and Pollard can be better than you in your own role because we're talking about 2019 the year Zeke got paid Pollard the Cowboys would have been fine without paying Zeke and making Pollard their workhorse back because he's capable of that role so you're saying that when 2019 he rushed for over 1300 yards and had 12 touchdowns he didn't have he didn't have more yards per carry that year than Pollard but, bro, he's getting more attempts. Obviously, his yards per carry is going to be lower than Pollard's. Not necessarily. Why is that the case? Because Zeke is going to, for one, Zeke's going to have... 4.5 is ridiculous. 4.5 is good. But for Ze- being but seventh or... Um, what is Pollard's it, was at five in- that year, 2019. Again, he's not getting the workload because Ezekiel that year had 301 attempts. How many attempts? I get, I get what like, you're talking about, the workload. I get it. But when we're talking about the Cowboys and building their roster, they could have definitely let Zeke walk and had Pollard be in that role See, and be even and, better than him at and, that. And I'm sorry, uh, it, Joel. It's a, and, and 
the advanced stats don't just show the story. Like, the advanced stats back up the eye test. When you watch Zeke and you watch Pollard play, Pollard, at least right now, and has looked like this for the past two seasons, he just looks more explosive, more dynamic. When Pollard has the ball, you just feel like something is going to happen. With Zeke, I don't really feel that way. I'm somewhere in between both of you guys. I don't think I'm you know, hard on the Zeke side or hard on the Tony Pollard side. They're both really good running backs, and I think they complement each other well. That takes no credit away from Pollard. He's been really good this season. We've talked about it. He's going to have the most attempts, most touches he's ever had in his whole career. He had 101 rushes last year. He has 100 this year, racking up over 500 yards. Been really reliable in the pass catching, catching 94% of his targets. And limited work, yes, he looks more explosive than Zeke. That's fine. I am getting some Tevin Coleman flashes here. I think about back in the day with with the Falcons. Wow. With what Tevin analogy. Coleman and Devonta, Devonta Freeman, where Devontae Freeman would come in. He's the workhorse. He's getting, you know, 15, 20 touches a game. But Tevin Coleman comes in. He gets 8 to 12 touches a game. He looks explosive. He's knocking out big plays. And just looks like he's the more complete running back who should be starting. But then Freeman goes and leaves Atlanta and goes to the 49ers. And he was never really that guy. He got a huge contract. And in 14 games his first year in San Fran, he rushed for 544 yards, averaged four yards an attempt. So in limited work, running backs should look really good, like we saw with Tevin Coleman in the past. I don't know if Tony Pollard's body can hold up and get 300 touches like Zeke has done multiple years and really show that explosiveness once you get into week 12, 13, 14, like Zeke has done year after year. Correction. Zeke, for his career, breakaway run percentage is at 24%. Pollard is at 30.5%. That's because 2016, Zeke had a 33.7% breakaway run percentage. The very next year in 2017, 175 In 2018, it was at 36.5%. Since he got paid, 2019 to 2021, Zeke has been at 18.5%, 11.6%, and 16.8%. That's And Pollard, for his career, is at 30% breakaway run percentage. And how many less snaps does Tony Pollard have than Ezekiel? He probably, well, this year, the gap is much. much, He has 60 more touches than Ezekiel. Yeah, this year, the gap is much less than it was in previous years. And in this this season, we're seeing Pollard, in Zeke's absence, be really good. And even when Zeke's there, be really good and have sometimes 14-plus touches and be very productive. Okay, so 2020-101, that's what Pollard had. Ezekiel had 244. Now, this is, again, without Dak Prescott. So, I'm t- I want to ask you this. So, right now, you think Zeke is still better than Pollard? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, second question. You're the Cowboys. After the 2018 offseason, knowing you got this guy Pollard on your team who's ready to be phenomenal. <laughs> You're paying Zeke. Because, look, you just got Pollard in 2019, and 2019, Zeke rushed for over 1,312 touchdowns. Say, if, if Pollard wasn't on the team, I mean, or if he was a rookie, that's hard to... I'm in the boat of don't pay running backs. If I have a really good backup, sure, and then I'll, I'll pick up another one in the draft or something. But it's hard for me to go into that season, especially when Zeke has been the focal point of my offense. He makes this offense go, and Dak Prescott is leaps and bounds better with him on the field. It's hard for me to overlook that and be like, let me just put my faith in Tony Pollard, and I haven't seen him play a single down Listen, in the NFL. And if not for Ezekiel Elliott getting suspended for the last six games of his second season, he has consistent four seasons in a row of over 1,000. And with Dak Prescott being out, he was 21 yards short of 1,000. 
I think last year was his worst season. That was the worst Cowboy season in the last like five years. Without, but also, Zeke didn't look like a game-changing back. He didn't. He, well, he didn't. One, He looked because, like a regular back. One, because not only was the offensive line banged up, lost three of their starters. I see the same thing happen with Derrick Henry. He still plays phenomenal. Right, we're talking I about seen, the best back I, in football. Well, I've seen Dalvin Cook be game-breaking with they the Vikings. They have really good rush blocking. They do, but still. Like, Cowboys weren't abysmal okay, last no. year at offensive line. The Cowboys' defense last year was garbage. Terrible. Okay, that's one. That's they, more possessions they, for the offense. They're but three, you're losing. And you have three. Exactly. Okay. Checkmate? <laughs> <laughs> that is a checkmate moment. I just think Pollard is better than Zeke. And for, for the record, for the record, I used to be in a connected franchise Madden online league. I was the Atlanta Falcons. And I traded for Tony Pollard. 2,000 yards rushing first season <laughs> with Tony Pollard. I just I, I know what Pollard's capable of because I, 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 I did agree. it. I've used him before. Bro wants I to be the GM of the Jets. Now he's head coach of the Falcons. Like Earlier in the season, you said Zeke's regressing. Can we just say that narrative's done? I don't think it's done. I see it. Bro, I mean, what, the, what do the numbers tell you? He's still one of the best backs in the league. He's the you numbers. Said it's he's the fourth. He's fourth in rushing yards. He's sixth in rushing yards. Sixth in rushing yards. Tied for fifth with touchdowns and eighteenth in the league in yards per carry at four point five. I feel like I can name ten better running backs than him. Please do that. I'd rather have. Please do. Go. Okay, if you you if you have to start a team with a running back, that's how that's how I'm gauging this. Would uh, you rather have Najee or, Ze- or Zeke? When you're starting a team, is different. So whack. Like, right now, just, say, just tell yeah. me who you're taking. It's simple. I would Javante or Zeke. I'd probably take Javante over Zeke. And you're doing crap. <laughs> I was gonna say that's your that's yourself about Javante. I mean, Javante is gonna be phenomenal. So I wouldn't call you crazy. I Definitely wouldn't. Call I you wouldn't crazy. call you absolutely insane. But like the but, only like absolutes that I would take over Zeke right now is Derrick Henry when healthy, Dalvin Jonathan Cook. Taylor, Dalvin Cook. But he's been banged up this Nick year. Chubb. Chubb, yes. Yeah, I would take Chubb. Chubb, CMC, Chubb is, well, Chubb, CMC because of Chubb is a younger not. Ezekiel. Yeah, facts. Alvin Kamara, I'm taking him over Zeke. Yeah, I would take I would Aaron take Jones AK. or Zeke. Zeke. Zeke, no doubt. Saquon Barkley or Zeke? Zeke. Zeke. If they both have great offensive lines, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Saquon. No, I'm being I'm being serious. I understand, but the the numbers do not lie. Zeke. We're Joe, the, we're like Joe Mixon, I would take Joe Mixon over okay, Zeke. Okay, that's. Recency bias. David Montgomery. Zeke. Zeke. What's going on with these names? Bro, I'm seeing serious. David Montgomery. You're taking David Montgomery? Right now, I'm probably taking Holy David Montgomery. Yeah, yes. you're When you're was wilding, the last time? Montgomery rushed for 100 the first game of the season, and he did get hurt, but what has he done since coming back? He's got hurt two years in a row now. J.K. I mean, Dobbins healthy? I'm taking J.K. I have to see him healthy. Okay. Bro, you do crack before the show. Be real with me. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that Zeke... You don't bro, like Zeke. Bro, it's not that I don't like Zeke. It's that... You can tell me all day that he's not regressing. He's the six. See, he's six in rushing yards. But I see it with my eyes. I see it with my they're eyes. Failing you, King, because they're they, not failing. Bro, me. they are. Zeke's. That's how much I had. Not a vision. lot of running backs can handle two hundred plus touches. I don't know if Tony Pollard can. I know Zeke can and still be pretty efficient with it and be a top ten well, running how? back. He's I don't know if now. Pollard. Zeke bro, is injured he, now, and he was he's, a full go at practice. He's, and he's still playing. And Jerry on Jones Thursday. said he's getting a full load. He's like yes, and that's fine if they yeah. want to sit him. Pause. But no. still, <laughs> if they want to sit him, that's fine. I have no problem. Like you, you're gearing up for the playoffs. I'd rather Zeke sit now. Tony Pollard be a perfectly capable fill for a week or two and then once the playoffs come I have two 100% healthy backs ready to go with this offense because you don't want another Ram situation you ran Gurley to the ground well, you didn't have him for the playoffs yeah Gurley was different because his knees were shot for a minute I understand so who's I'm, a 6 over Zeke name me the top 10 rushers in the NFL 
I mean, you're the one that says that he's not I top I think he's 10. just talking about uh, rushing yards. No, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, talking oh, about rushing yards. JT, Henry. Um, Chubb. I don't know. He missed a couple games. All right. Here we JT go. Henry, here we go. Sure. Here we go. All right. Jonathan Taylor, 1205. That's one. Derrick Henry, 937. Oh, my God. Joe Mixon, 924. That's three. I'm taking over. I'm taking over Zeke. Nick Chubb, 867. That's four. I'm taking over Zeke. I, this, can't be, this can't be true. It's, it's saying Mark Ingram, 793. That's wrong. This is 2021. I'm, I'm So everyone knows. Uh, Dalvin Cook's at 773. I'm and, taking him over Zeke. And then Ezekiel, 720. Who are the other names behind him? Uh, Antonio Gibson. No. Najee Harris. Yeah. Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> oh, my God. Elijah Mitchell. I'm interested, genuinely. Eh, I might. It's different when you're talking about this. If you want to do like longevity, because like bro, these next years. these next few names, Elijah. I love James Robinson as much as the next dude. He's not Zeke. Yeah. Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. No, Eckler's, Eckler's the only yeah, one. Facts. He's the only one. Yeah. Wow, the running back position is pretty weak right now in the league. Eh, I mean, it's not as strong like, as it used to be. Yeah, because we're. I mean, the top guys got hurt. Yeah. And you got Swift out. I mean, sorry, Swift's hurt, but uh, J.K. done for the year. ETN done for the year. Cam Akers done for the year. All young running backs who are expected to have a big year. It's like year. Alvin's at 530. That's because he does rushing and receiving, though. Who? Alvin, 530. But I'm taking yeah. Alvin, too. He doesn't have a 1,000 yards. Okay, I would so. take six running backs over Zeke. Well, no, seven. I'm, t- I'm taking Pollard over Zeke and Javante Williams. I don't. Stop it. I'm not taking Joe Mixon over Zeke. I'm not. You're not so, taking Javante over Zeke? I'm not. I would next season, bro. Javante, oh, my mind. Next season, changing <laughs> yeah, my mind. Facts. We're talking end of this I need year. to see. I need to see him get a hold. Bro, back. I'm hold taking at least eight running backs over no, Zeke right now. Yeah. How many? Eight running backs. I'm in like the five to six range. So it's, it's a weird. He's five, he's he's five to six for me for sure. Yeah, for sure. I will give you JT. I will give you Derek. I will give you Dalvin. Injuries scare me. Give you AK. You gotta give me give Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. <laughs> Like those, there's like five that like. Yeah, he's, okay, pro- he's facts, probably he's probably six. Yeah. He's probably six. Because Chubb Chubb is legitimately. What about Kareem Hunt? No. It's hard to say because he had better, a- bro. When he doesn't have a full workload and have eleven weeks of being the guy, getting twenty touches and getting banged up like that, we haven't seen that from Pollard ever. That's that's cat, bro. But bro, we saw it with Tevin Coleman. The okay. same thing. You know the 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 college Pollard came from Memphis. Their running back yeah. room at a time was him, Kenny Gainwell, Gibson. Antonio Gibson. I forgot the other names, but those were the three. There's a, there are other ones that the names stick out, stick out to you, for real. Yeah. Now, Memphis has been a running back factory this last couple of years. Yeah. Who do you got coming in this year? I don't know if they have anyone this year from Memphis. It's like Brees Hall. It's like Iowa State, Spiller. You're looking it up? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone from Memphis all the time. At least not like, you know. Highly regarded. So you you think Zeke's better than Pollard? Yep. Daryl Henderson. That's the last. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that was a good. One. Um, I think he's better. Yes, he's better right now because I haven't seen Pollard do it for be that guy. Like yeah. I said, he's Tevin Coleman all over again. I haven't. I, we thought Tevin Coleman was going to be explosive and amazing in San Fran. His first year, he was healthy. He got five hundred forty yards. Didn't he get injured in Atlanta though? His last season. I don't. He did well. It didn't stop him from getting a four year, thirty two million dollar contract. So that's because he was a Shanahan guy. Okay, regardless, I got Tevin, and he was with him. Um, I know, yeah, he was with him in Atlanta, but still, Shanahan could like you all you want. If he's going to give you thirty-two million dollars, you have to be decent. Yeah, that's because when. Well, let me see. I just know. 
Uh, he played like four. He started because nah, nah. Devontae Freeman so got hurt that last year that, in Atlanta. His last season in Atlanta, he played all 16, had 800, four touchdowns, and receiving, he had 276, five but, touchdowns. Yeah, he only had, though. Um, and the next season, he had 544. He had, 100, he had 167 touches that Bro, game. Bro, but he's been great year. for the Jets. Five yards to carry. Ooh. Devin Coleman? Great. Bro, this, this last game, he looked good. But I mean, like, <laughs> now I'm playing. Yeah, other than that. This is this next topic is going to be uh, near and dear to Drew's heart. I'm going to let him do his thing on this topic. Thank you. Uh, I may chime in here, but I know that if I give my monologue, it's going to overshadow what Drew says, and he doesn't like that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let him go first. So Tua Tagovailoa has gotten – well, Tua is current quarterback for the Dolphins, and since he's got drafted, the the consensus about him in the media and the fans that he's, he's a bust, right, and – he hasn't gotten the benefit of the doubt. He's come back from a potential career-ending hip injury. He plays somewhat well his rookie season. Do you feel like Tua has gotten unfair criticism by fans, by the media? And before you go, Drew, I'll be straight up. I have talked about Tua before. Oh, we know. And I have... And you know, I, he's, He is a smart man. If there's one thing I will give you, is that you're a smart man. Because Before you say anything... <laughs> I was ready to <laughs> flame him, to drill him, not <laughs> not for his facts, not for his his past takes, <laughs> not for his past takes, but for his most recent TikTok. I stayed silent. I saw it. I liked it. I was thinking about leaving a comment. I was like, you know what? I'll I don't save know if it. I saw it. I'll save it for the show. He gave this whole spiel that I was ready to give. I was like, you know what? I'm cool with it. I'm gonna wait for the show because we all know his true thoughts on him. His ceilings, Jimmy G. He's good. No, I said he is Jimmy G. His ceiling's Jimmy G. Never said that was his, that was ceiling. his words. That was his words. I never said his ceiling. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa. Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa. He is. Now go uh, ahead and is. say whatever you're going to say. Yeah, thanks. Tua, I've said he's not a franchise quarterback, and I ha- I still don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a good game manager quarterback, kind of like Jimmy G. Does that change the fact that he's got an unfair criticism? No, it doesn't. Was I a bit unfair to Tua? I probably was, but that's still exactly how I feel. It's how I'm gonna feel. I'm never unless Tua does something outstandingly amazing that I'm like, okay, I have to change my mind. I'll change my mind. I said this all along. Jalen Hurts to me was Tyrod Taylor. That's not bad. Jimmy G. It's not bad. Tua, to me, I just, I've, I also said the Dolphins will regret taking Tua over Justin Herbert. That doesn't seem like it's going to be wrong ever. So I just think he's not a franchise guy. He doesn't scream out to me, superstar. Does that mean I think he's a bad quarterback? No. He's a stable quarterback, and that's important to have because the Dolphins really haven't had a stable quarterback in years. So it's good that they have that. But is he. A franchise guy, top 10 or top 15 consensus? I don't really think so. But I'll let you go. You can talk about Tua because you're insanely high on him. Now, I have a, a quick question. Is Tua behind the worst offensive line in the league? Probably. That's blocking. We, we yeah. say by far, correct? Okay. Now, Kyler Murray. Pretty top good. five in the league? At worst six, right? Yeah, he's him. Now, rookie year, his. He won offensive player, offensive rookie of the year. He had 3,722 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 INTs, completion percentage of 
QB rating 87, went 5, 10, and 1. Now, Tua, over these last two seasons, his first career 16 games, has 3,500 yards, which is 200 less than, than Kyler Murray, 21 touchdowns, 11 interception, which is a better touchdown-to-interception ratio, 67% completion percentage, a 90.5 QBR, and a 9-7 and record. Now, all I've heard from not only my friend Joel over here, but don't think you're out of the woods either, and every single person on the media is that Tua Tagovailoa is bad. Forget about can't be a franchise quarterback is not good. He's a bust. Right? That's all we've ever heard. That he is he, that he can't get it done. Uh, is it time to start evaluating the quarterback position in Miami? Is Tua the problem? Now we see the Dolphins go on this four-game win streak, and Tua's at the helm, and now this narrative starts to shift. Why? Because the Dolphins, prior to Tua, once Tua got hurt, they were, what, 1-4, 1-5, one of the worst teams in the league. People weren't even thinking about the Dolphins. Now here they are on a four-game win streak, 5-7, and seven, with the potential to win out and make a wild-card spot. Look at the schedule. They could go undefeated for the rest of the season and secure a wild-card spot. What are people going to say about Tua then? Tua has been fantastic. You look at these numbers this season. They don't wow you because he's missed three games, but he leads the league in, in, in completion percentage. He's, he's not turning the ball over, and he's working with the worst offensive line in the league with an average at best running back in Miles Gaskin and one true weapon, in my opinion, Jalen Waddell. Mike Gusecki? I'll be honest. He's about average. Tua, Tua blesses him. When Tua doesn't play, Gasicki's normal. When Tua's in the lineup, Gasicki's a problem. Jalen Waddle is a beast. He's a monster, no doubt about it. But Tua Tagovailoa knows how to place a football. He is one of the most accurate passers. Say what you want about, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't take risks. Watch the game. He takes a minimum of two shots deep a game. A minimum two shots deep a game. And that's getting what? At most... Three seconds in the pocket, that's probably at most. He's running for his life. He's not that mobile of a quarterback and even still has six rushing touchdowns. The narrative that he is not good, I'm glad people are starting to finally see that it's ridiculous. Tua is a franchise guy. And if the Dolphins move on from him, they're going to regret it. Because from here to whenever his rookie contract's up, this is their time to start building. They need to that that line of me of them drafting a team drafting all offensive line. If they did it, I wouldn't bat an eye because that defense now that they have a quarterback that actually knows how to manage a game and still be efficient has been changing a lot of things around. Held one of the best teams in the Ravens to almost no production at all, and Tua allows the offense and allows the defense to just. Elevate their game. You have two in the game. The defense is rested. They don't have to carry the load of Jacoby Brissett now. You have Tua that actually has this offense clicking on all cylinders, staying on the field, and holding the football. I just rattled you off the stats compared to Kyler Murray in the first 16 games. Kyler Murray is a top five quarterback. All people are saying is Tua Tagovailoa. Now they're saying he's good, but all the, but prior to these four games and, and, and when he was injured, all people said was Tua was a bust. It's ridiculous. It needs to stop.
And when he wins out this season, if he wins out this season, there will be no one that should be making any negative comment towards Tua Tagovailoa. Do I get it that it's Deshaun Watson? Sure. It's Deshaun. But you want to take on 250 however much money you're going to have in, in that salary, or you take the rookie contract in Tua Tagovailoa, and you actually build a complete all-around team around him. You have the piece in Waddle. You have Tua. Build the O-line. Preston's going to get healthy one day, maybe. Will Fuller was a terrible contract, but Tua's still making it work. You think so? $10 million one year? It was one year, one year $10 one million. Year. Yeah. I don't think Preston Williams ever gets healthy. But. I pray because we see what Preston Williams can be. He's a solid piece. So a solid wide receiver, too. Devontae Parker is much better. And Devontae Parker I didn't even mention. Yep. But we're just seeing those those three names not stay on the field. Which they it's, historically it's, don't. It's unfortunate. Nah, Devontae Parker's different. Devontae stays healthy. It's just Last that. two years, he hasn't. Been. Last year, he was just the quarterback was out in and out of the lineup. I, it was, it, he, he, went from, he went from Fitzpatrick to Tua. Tua and him did not have great chemistry. He did miss a few games. But, but this year alone, we're seeing Tua be special. Special? What do you call 72% completion percentage? Like 14 games. And four-game win streak. What is that just not... We're not going to give him any credit for that? <laughs> and I told you... that. Listen, don't <laughs> ignore the first 16 games to Kyler Murray. Oh, I'm ignoring it. And the reason I'm ignoring it, I, I'll say this. Those... I always dislike those comparisons first 16 games so you're comparing two was nine games his rookie season and his seven games in his second year to Kyler Murray's entire rookie season like not even having an off season to get into his second year I think that's an unfair comparison and let's also remember that Tua didn't have a training camp last year let's he was hurt Okay, we also saw Justin Herbert not have a training camp. We also saw Joe Burrow not have a training camp. And and Herbert set rookie records. Joe Burrow was on pace to do it. So let's not act like that's an excuse because the, those rookies played well. Joe Burrow, I'll be honest, Tool will end up better than Joe Burrow. Okay, uh, listen, I'm going to say this. Um, two was 6-3 and three as a starter in, in his rookie season, right? One win came in his first career start versus the Rams where he threw 89 passing yards. And another win came against when they faced the Raiders and Fitzpatrick had to come in and save the day and win that game. So two of these wins for Tua as a starter weren't even him starting the game. I don't think Tua's a bust. I don't think he's bad. I think he's good. I even made a video about him in the offseason saying that he's getting unfair criticism. Because I'll say one thing about me. It's You love to flip-flop. I'll say one thing about me. I If it's coming from me... I'm okay with it. But once I see everybody else doing it and everybody else is being 10 times harder on a guy than I was, now I got to start defending him. Like, okay, y'all are going a bit too far here because I said Tua was not going to be a franchise guy. I still stick by that. But now you have people saying the Dolphins should have drafted a quarterback. They should draft a quarterback. Tua's a bust. Now I'm like, okay, y'all are going a bit too far. Because I didn't say all that. I don't think he's all that. In the offseason, I said, we got to get to a little bit of a break. And Baker Mayfield, we just talked about him earlier this show. We know Baker's probably not a franchise guy. What did I say, though? He's getting unfair criticism. The reason why is because he's he's had four injuries and he's playing bad and his weapons have been trashed. So I'm going to give Baker the benefit of the doubt. Do I think Baker's a franchise-changing guy? I don't, but I think he's a capable starter and a team moving off off from him is a bad mistake. Same thing that the Panthers did with Teddy B. 
that was a bad mistake. With Tua, it would be a mistake if they move off from Tua, and I don't think they will unless they get Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Tua's a good quarterback, but th- comparing him to Collar, you're totally ignoring that the roster was not good in his rookie season. It wasn't until they got Hopkins in the second year where he took off. Yeah, my you, whole point you to told, that. Oh, hold up. My whole point hold to hold that up. was that Kyler Murray is praised. Hold on. You you totally not. ignore the fact that Kyler Murray had 511 rushing yards that season. Like he, he, it wasn't just as a passer. I mean, he was running. He was just Houdini. He looked like Houdini. Tua doesn't look like that when you watch him. Now, can Tua be an accurate quarterback? Yes. Right now, the offensive design and scheme with the Dolphins surrounding Tua is that they do a lot of RPOs and screens and short passes. That's why his completion percentage is so high. I'm just going to say that for one. But I'm also not going to knock Tua for that because the reason the offense is designed that way is because, one, it fits Tua's strength. But, two, the offensive line can't block for shit. So they need to design quick quick schemes for Tua to get the ball out quickly. That's one. Correct. Well, that's two because I named two points. Mm-hmm. Tua has got an unfair criticism. He had a hip injury, could have ended his career, came back from it and played okay. Chan Gailey didn't design an offense around him. He still did his thing. Now he has a full offseason. His numbers don't scream out bust. They're not like Josh Rosen numbers. He played well, and he's been accurate. But I, when I look at Tua, I just don't see what you see. You think he's Drew Brees. I think he's not. I said he's a franchise guy. I'm more on Joel's side here, too. I think Tua, we talked off the show, I think Tua's ceiling is Kirk Cousins. I think he could be a quarterback in that barely top 10, that 9 to 12 range that people are always going to argue is he top 10, put up really good numbers potentially, and lead your team to playoffs. I don't think he's going to be as good as Joe Burrow. And I also push back on that Kyler Murray comparison because the eye test tells you everything. The eye test between Kyler Murray, his rookie year, you saw flashes of brilliance right away. Week one, we saw... The ability to move out of the pocket, his arm strength, his ability to to throw on the run. With Tua, we didn't see that his rookie year, and that's fine because he was coming off a, a terrible hip injury. I almost throw away his rookie season. I don't care about that much. I'm more interested in what he what he's done this year. And to answer the question, he's received unfair criticism. I think it's mostly due to his draft class. You know, coming into that that 2020 draft, he was or the 2020 season, I should say, like the 2019 college football season. The slogan was tank for Tua. Slogan was tank for Tua. He was Alabama's quarterback. He had a cool nickname, Tua. Everyone knew his name. He came in halftime of the college football championship. You know, 50-yard touchdown to Devontae Smith. Everyone knew he was. He's a lefty. He's different. So everyone knew who he was. Not just, you know, football heads, but even if you're just a casual fan, you knew who he was. And then he comes into this draft class. He has a hip injury, you know, middle of the season. Joe Burrow comes out of nowhere, you know, and he shoots up draft boards, goes number one overall. Then Justin Herbert, who the the media was really 50-50 on, you either love him or you hate him, he ends up going one pick before Tua. So you have two other quarterbacks who are in this draft class who I think, I mean, I don't think it's that close between Herbert, uh, Burrow, and and, um, Tua. I would easily take Herbert number one or number two and Tua number three. And then Hurts in the second round. And Hurts in the second round who... Well, I'm a big Hurts fan. Um, it's 50-50 between him and Tua right I, now. I agree. I, I am kind of close between those two there. Tua is one of the most accurate passers already in the NFL. And then we, already. Have, and then we haven't seen Jordan Love yet when um, he gets a full we'll, start. We'll, we'll, we'll let that happen. But I think Tua just got so much hype coming into the draft, especially being Alabama's quarterback. Everyone's going to watch you every single week. You're on TV every week fighting for playoff games and championship games. But with that said, he's he's been really good this year. In November... 
80% completion percentage, which is first, 110 passer rating, which is fourth. But like Joel said, it's a lot of RPO and kind of scheming guys open, which is fine. If that's what you want and that's what you're being asked to do, you can only do so much with it. But I would like to see him just show me a little more. I don't see him like he doesn't jump off the TV like Kyler does or he doesn't have the arm strength like Herbert does where it just blows off the TV. The second you turn it on, you see a 30-yard pass down the field to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You're like, yo, there's like three other quarterbacks who can make that throw. But there's one person to compare it to. I think this season, it's probably Mac Jones. I think they're also probably pretty close. I kind of see Mac in that same light of that Kirk Cousins type guy. I don't think he's ever going to be top five. But can he be in that 9 to 12 range and lead you to the playoffs in a possible Super Bowl? Maybe. If you're comparing Mac and Sua, both completing about 70% of their passes. Mac averages about 20 more yards per game. But they have the same amount of touchdowns per game, same amount of interceptions per game. And like you said, two is doing this with the worst offensive line in the NFL while Mac is doing this with the best, I shouldn't say best, top three offensive line in the NFL, especially when it comes to pass blocking. So Tua has definitely got some unfair criticism, but I think that's mostly due to his draft class and how he was hyped up coming out of college. A lot of good points there. And we're going to move on because I think you beautifully said what you had to say about Tua. Thank I you, think bro. you did a great job too. I like what you said. Got to post that on TikTok. You got to clip that one. Hey, maybe. Clip that maybe. one. Maybe. Maybe it'll be my first post. Who knows? Two, but I wanted you to keep that same energy, though. Because when you came onto the podcast, when you came here, before we started recording, you said Tua was a Hall of Famer. You did. You said he was Drew Brees. I wanted you to Dan keep Orlowski that same energy. said that. Oh, Max. Dan Orlovsky said that. Listen. I mean, you just said he was better than Burrow. I do think that. Do we think Burrow's a Hall of Famer? No. Neither of them are, bro. It's year right. two. That's exactly. I'm, come on, not even Herbert's one. Yeah, I'm allowed to joke. That being said, do I think he's dead ass? <laughs> nah, he did. You seem like it was <laughs> gonna happen. I love him. Listen, I can't hide my fan. That's what my, I'm saying. Listen, That's I why I do love him. I'm exaggerating with the Hall of Fame. Do I think that he is better? That can be better than Joe Burrow? Yes, Joe Burrow's in a better situation than what Tua yeah, is. Yeah, he is for sure. And Tua is having this success with this Dolphins offense that you put Burrow behind this. We saw what happened when Burrow was running for his life. Tua has great pocket presence. What do you mean? Burrow Burrow last year. Burrow was good last year. I mean, he got sacked a ton. He got sacked, but then he he doesn't have that pocket awareness that Tua does. does, Wait, what what is making you say that, though? Tua's footwork in the pocket is fantastic. I'm not. I'm, I don't He's care about. Like I'm talking escaping. about. I'm talking about Burrow though. I see. I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to bring in the torn ACL. It's just that we doesn't have. That's a, a, that was a freak play. I understand, but he's scrambling outside the pocket. It's just we see what happens when he doesn't have a great offensive line. He puts himself in harm's way. Tua has learned from his one issue already, which was scrambling out of the pocket. Had that hip injury on that type of play. He had to learn. He had to adjust. He had to realize. I'm not. I cannot be this much of a runner if I want to have longevity in the NFL. I don't know. I and we've think seen it translate early on. Burrow being behind the. I'm sorry, King, but being behind the worst offensive line in the league thus far in the NFL this season and still being this efficient with the ball needs praise. You had me and everything else, but Burrow's thing was a freak accident. You can't control your yeah. your your leg getting I'm caught in between guys. I'm you know, with it you. just happens. It was a freak accident. It was, but I, I just think at the he same... He was about to set rookie records with a horrifically bad offensive line. But I just think that Tua's footwork in the pocket is just better than Burroughs. That's fine. With yeah. with who? Higgins and as Higgins as a rookie. I'm saying... Fo- oh, you're and saying... And Boyd. And uh, Tua but, has... Well, last year he had Devontae and Siki. Yeah, sure. I mean, they had they had good weapons. They uh, equally no, had good weapons. Bro. No, not so, equally. Devontae Parker was bad. He, Donald, guys, Devontae Parker is one good season. It was a complete outlier. And it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, well, last year, Fitz. the Bengals' weapons versus the Dolphins' weapons were pretty similar. 
T Higgins, Higgins was, was I would say Higgins Mixon Boyd over what the Dolphins had and Devontae Parker Gasicki and Gaskin, I guess, Correct. was the starter. I mean, they had Malcolm Brown a little bit and too. Even, but even this year, no, not Mal- who came in. He and came even this year, this year it's clear oh, as day. Ahmed. It's clear as day you're taking yeah. the no Gaskin was he got Gaskin played yeah. got hurt came back. Uh, so, yes, Malcolm so you're Brown right. got signed this season. So you're you're 100 right. Ahmed Malcolm did play last year. Uh, Malcolm Brown did he did get signed last year? Yeah. No, he was with the Browns last year. I mean, he was with the Rams last year. What? You mi- yeah, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, be right. Yeah. You might be right. But either way, yeah, you look at this season to even still the yeah. weapons. Last season, I'm taking Joe Burrow's weapons. No, this year is obviously Joe Burrow. Not about it. And and that's just not even. Come on, it's just I just can't get over so, this. offense. Uh, ironically game. enough, the play that Burrow injury happened against was Washington. Washington, and we're gonna about, we're gonna talk about Washington right now. They they beat Seattle, uh, seventeen to fifteen on Monday Night Football, and they had the ball for forty one minutes in that game. They controlled the entire game. Seattle had some plays here and there, but ultimately it felt like Washington had controlled the game. Right now, the NFC East outlook, the Cowboys are first at seven and four. Washington's five and six. The Eagles are five and seven and the Giants are four and seven. Washington's remaining schedule is against the Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys again, Eagles again, and then the Giants. So out of their remaining games, they're going to be all of them outside of the Raiders are NFC East opponents. Do you think they can win the NFC East? Not just think, though. Do you think they will do it? They have a chance because five of the last six games are against NFC East opponents. But if this division can be won by the Cowboys. I don't think it's that much of a debate. I just think the Cowboys simply just have a talent advantage. Damn near everywhere. Offense, defense, special teams. I don't think there's any team, even if you combine almost every team in that NFC East, I still don't know if it's better than Dallas. Just because you have Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Pollard, Zeke. Like, this offensive firepower doesn't come close, and quarterback included, to what the rest of the teams have in, in the NFC East. Especially with Tyron Smith healthy. He's back in the lineup. His first game was against the Raiders. He played 100% through, no setbacks. If Tyron Smith is healthy and he's on this offensive line playing left tackle with the rest of the boys they got up there, it's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Now, their defense, the Cowboys, that being has come back down to earth a little bit. I kind of expected it because they're a bit of a boom bust offense, you know, they are defense. They have those, those games where they're really aggressive and they make turnovers happen. And they also have other games where, you know, they look like against the Raiders, especially where you're like, they can't, you know, they can't stop a nosebleed right now. But I just think pure talent wise, I know Washington has a chance with all these divisional matchups, but I can't imagine how good this Dallas team is on paper. McCarthy's, you know, quietly, no one really talks about McCarthy, but McCarthy's really showing this year that he's here to stay. He's not going to be one of those coaches that gets fired quickly out of Dallas, although that rarely happens. But going off of last year, they look terrible, given that was without Dak. Um, But I just can't imagine that Washington can make up two games on Dallas with the, the amount of playmakers they have on both sides of the ball. I will say what makes me a little bit more comfortable in believing in Washington is that Curtis Samuel is back now. I think I've been waiting for that for a while. That was a big time signing in the offseason, pairing him up with his best friend, Terry McLaurin. You finally get to see Curtis Samuel. We didn't do much versus Seattle, but Limited snaps. He, you know, he just got back. You know, Give him some time. Logan Thomas also first game since September 26 against the Bills. He had three receptions, 31 yards last year. He was a reception magnet. I think he'll be the same thing this year. But J.D. McKissick did get hurt, and he had two touchdowns against Seattle. I will say this, Taylor Haneke has been quite impressive this year. I feel like every big-time game that he's played, whether it was on Thursday night against the Giants and on Monday night versus Seattle, he has 
won those games. I think Taylor Haneke has been a pleasant surprise. 16 touchdowns to 10 picks. He is not just a conservative quarterback. He takes shots down the field. Sometimes you get games where he's inaccurate, but then sometimes you get really efficient games from Haneke. And I've really been surprised by how good he's been this season. Frankly, I don't know if Fitzpatrick would have been much better. I think they were they would be around the same, to be honest. I don't think there's really a drastic difference. The defense is also better than advertised. Because they are 30th against the pass, everybody thinks Washington's defense just sucks, but they're fourth against the run. And the secondary has been playing better as of late. Kendall Fuller hasn't playing better. Cameron Curl is creeping into one of the better safeties in the league. I mean, this guy... He makes plays, man. It's just they need William Jackson has been disappointing for them this year. Yeah. You know, and it's it's hard for them to be consistent in pass coverage when their linebackers aren't good. The the commentators mentioned it on Monday Night Football. Jamin Davis is really good when he knows what he's doing. But for the most part, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't understand football at a high enough level. He's one of the worst rated players at the linebacker position in football. He's a guy that I was high on in the draft. I didn't think he should have been a first-round pick, but he was definitely a day-two guy, and he has a boatload of potential. But he just hasn't lived up to that hype yet. This schedule is favorable for them. You know, we're going to talk about the next segment, the Raiders' coin theory. The, the coin has the Raiders beating Washington. But do I think Washington can beat the Raiders? Yeah, I think they can. If they can win one of those games versus the Cowboys and and two of those games versus the Eagles and then the Giants, they can win this division. But they're going to really have to they're going to have to sweep the Eagles, win one against the Cowboys, and then beat the Giants. They're five and six right now. Even if they sweep the Eagles seven and six, they beat the Giants eight and six. They tie with um the Cowboys. That's ten and seven. So this Raiders game really means a lot right now. They just have to, a lot of things have to go right for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, for them to win the division, make the playoffs. I think that's a, that's an easier road, but to win the division, it's going to be pretty tough. And I, you think that they can? You're division? saying that you think that they can? It's possible. I think all of those teams in the NFC East who are playing each other are looking at them like, wow, we have an easy schedule. Like the Cowboys, Eagles, and, and Washington all looking at them like, oh, these are all winnable games. I think they can beat the Eagles. I don't think they can beat them twice. I think they'll split just divisional, you know? That's they're they're one of the, the Saints, granted, were one of the best teams against the run, and the, the Eagles ran on yeah. them. Washington, being one of the better defenses against the run, they can cause a lot of problems for Philadelphia. I'm looking at the, the, the football team schedule. Definitely some winnable games. I just think that you play Dallas two times to end the season. They already have two more wins than you do. It's going to be tough to, to take the division there. I think that Dallas wins one of them at the minimum. I think that the Eagles win one of those games at the minimum. You, If you're the football team, you need to be borderline perfect to win the division. I feel like the better question would be, could they secure a wild card spot? Then I would be more inclined to, to, to say yes. They've been playing great football. The defense has been stepping up. Over the Vikings? That's the, that's the thing. Niners, the Vikings, you can't. Rams. The Niners, you can't. The Rams, you can't. I would be more inclined to... To to say yes because it's there's a there's a better chance of that than that in winning the division. Obviously, Dallas is Dallas number one offense in the league in terms of yards. Their defense, in terms of yards given up, is among the bottom of the league, and in terms of points, middle of the pack. So we're starting to see that the reality of Trayvon Diggs, and obviously he's a great ball hawk, but is he that great of a man to man lockup corner? No, not really. I mean, the whole secondary as a whole has been a mess. But the 
that Dallas is saving grace is that their offense is the best in the league or among the best in the league. Statistically, they're the best in the league. I just don't think that given the, the remaining schedule that it's possible for the football team to, 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 to win the division. But I do give them a chance to, to hit the seventh seed. The Vikings obviously are the, the team that I'm looking at. I do think the Niners will get in. I do think so. But ultimately, I, given the seven spots, now that there's an additional seven, that's where things get interesting. And it's going to be between the football team and Minnesota. These last couple of weeks, the football team have been the more consistent team. Who's the better team? By far and away, the Vikings. I, I do believe that. But they don't know how to win games. I just think that the football team is just a safer team right now. Prediction time. Are they going to make the playoffs? No. 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 I, if it's a wild card, no. If it's, I think their only chance is to win a division, frankly. You don't believe in Dallas that much? They have a two-game winning lead on them after, and a loss. After, I think the, the games against them are going to dictate the division. That's what's going to dictate the division. It's just tough when they have Dallas twice. And you, you need to beat them both times. Yeah. That's for sure. I think they can beat the Eagles twice. Eagles? Oof. I don't know. I don't know about that. I like the Eagles, I, but I think they could beat them twice. Uh, yeah, I just can't imagine you sweep the division in what? They play twice in like three or four weeks, right? Yeah, yeah saying, exactly. Like in, a, in a three or four so week it goes, stretch. It goes Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. Yeah, like that's crazy. Like if they want a chance, you have to win. You have to win three of those. Yeah, you tough. probably have to win four if you really want to get in. You have, they to have to win to all the Giants four. week week eighteen. And which, that's a tough game. It's yeah, I was going to say the Giants are going to have nothing to play for, but they're going to want to be play spoiler, especially after what happened last year with the Eagles did to them. That's oh a fact. yeah, for sure. That's a fact. It's going to be tough, man. It is. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But the coin, there's okay. So if you guys don't know, there is this coin on Raiders Reddit. He loves it. Now I'll be real though. <laughs> Gives me goosebumps. It's nuts. So there is this. There was this. Th- there was this guy on Reddit, on Raiders Reddit, that flipped the coin before the season to predict the entire Raiders season and, and the outcomes of the games. They didn't weigh it by preseason total. So it was, okay, this game, one half a chance. Next game, one fourth, one eighth, one sixteenth, one thirty-two, one over sixty-four, so on and so on. So it's been correct every single week. This coin, this masterful coin, has been correct every single week. The chances of the coin being correct up until week 12, which what that's what we're currently in, is 0.08%. And now this coin has the Raiders beating Washington this Sunday, losing to the Chiefs, then beating the Browns, the Broncos, and Colts in a week 18 loss against the Chargers. And the coin has them going 10-7 and seven and making the playoffs as the seventh seed. Now, my question to you guys is, will this actually happen? 10-7 and seven is strong. Let's just start off with Washington. Will they beat Washington this Sunday? That's a pick-up question. I give them a 60% chance. And yeah. what team? They're, they're in Washington? Or? I don't even know if they're in Washington. Check that for me, Drew. Raiders. Yep, home. They're, Raiders they're home. home. They should, they should win that game. Home. Yeah. So where do you Dallas. think where do you think this coin is going to be wrong? Because or do you think it's going to be wrong at all? Because okay, okay tell yeah, me, run it back, please. Win against Washington, loss against the Chiefs, win against the Browns, Broncos, and Colts, and loss against the Chargers in Week 18. So they have them going on a three game winning streak against the Browns, Broncos, and Colts. All right, they have the coin has us losing to them twice. I don't see I don't it think, happening. I don't think they beat the Colts. I don't either. think they beat the Colts. They are losing to the Chargers. Correct. That's what the coin says. Yes, I think that that's true. 
I think they will lose to the Chiefs. So you think they're going to lose to the Broncos and the Colts? I do think so. Yeah, I think the Browns is a I, winnable game. They'll split game. with the Broncos one way or the other, but yeah. I do think the Browns is a winnable game. I do think that the Wash the, the the football team's a winnable game for sure. I don't think they'll beat the Colts. No. This is pretty crazy. So I'll say this. I think where this coin can be wrong is against the Colts. I think the Colts is that game that I circled. I'm like, okay, this is where it will be wrong. Do you think they beat us twice? I can see it. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, bro? <laughs> I can see it. That's going to be tough. Thank yeah. God they don't have an elite quarterback. Oh, no. If we, if we had Derek Carr, right, apparently? Oh, if you had Derek Carr, you guys would be amazing. You think? I think Derek Carr is a pretty significant upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, probably. I don't know if he makes a Super Bowl contenders. Borderline? Yeah. Let's not get off topic, though. <laughs> Derek Carr is really good, bro. The, the coin has a chance because it has them losing to the Chiefs, which is firm. I do think they could win against Washington. I do think they could go against the Browns. It could get to week 16 and it'd be perfect. This just shows how random the NFL is. Like all these analysts, us included, like go in all this offseason film, tape watch, you know, you look at all the analytics, the advanced numbers, and this guy flips a coin 18 times and he's more right than we are. I'm just worried now that we're giving it more light. It's going to be wrong. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if... They lose against Washington, and everybody blames us for the reason that the, the coin failed. Curse of the coin. I'll be honest. I could have gone this whole season without seeing it, truthfully. Yeah, I didn't have a clue until you brought it up. Tails never fails. How many times was it tails? Is it every I don't, time? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what, what's I know there's a saying for heads. Ta- the, the saying for tails yeah, is tails pretty. never fails. <laughs> but there's a saying for heads that I'm not, I, I can't quite remember. Somebody said it one time and I was like, whoa. I've never heard one. For the heads. most famous quote for me personally is Minnesota is in a game. I'm forgetting against who, but Randy Moss is talking on the sideline and he goes to Dante Culpepper, who's going to do the coin toss. And he goes, what we play on the PlayStation? What we play on the PlayStation? Same tails. Tails never fails. They go and they say heads. And it was and it was tails. They lost the toss. So Manny goes, "What was I just telling you?" And that I think that one specifically always stands out to me because whenever I play Madden, I always go tails. tails. Always go tails. I feel like I always go tails too. It's like heads never. I don't know something like that. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I I don't. I can't even. I tried to look it up the other day. It never. It never popped up. I've never heard anything about like a rhyme for heads. Just tails never fails. It's just a, you know, head make your bed. I don't know. Hey, hey, oh, Jesus <laughs> That's such a bad saying. I'm trying to think of it. I, I freaking forgot it. Um, but somebody said it one time. I was flipping a coin with somebody, and somebody said that a saying with heads that rhymed, and I was like, "Yo, you're some fire shit." Yeah, like I was like, no, All like right. it was like it was like the equivalent of tails never fails. Yeah, like it was the equivalent. I was like, "Yo, that was fire." <laughs> I was like, I never thought of it like that. Now I can't say tails never fails because this guy's saying is just yeah. as good. Not a clue. Man. Yeah, you can't. Yo, I, I man, I forgot who did him. it. Yeah, that's some Wizard of Oz stuff right there, <laughs> bro. Damn, not a clue, bro. I actually hope this coin is right though through, through the entire season. That'd be really cool. I don't want that. Yeah, that I mean, means yeah, we're toast. Miles, yeah. We're one spot out of the seventh spot. Mm-hmm. We can make the we can make the wild and it has them being the seventh seed. The coin has them being the seventh seed. We could have a special playoff run. Oh, here it goes. Hey, I've seen crazier things with Teddy B. You were just trashing him, though. I wasn't trashing him. You wanted Drew Locke to start. Oh, Oh, this is August. Come on. Can we stop? (laughs) 
I want him to start because we know what Teddy is. You know what's and funny? He's been. Is that when when the video first got posted about the Teddy Bridgewater, there was like two reactions to it. The Broncos the, country had my back. The yeah, initial the initial reaction was like, yo, I agree, man. I want to see what Drew Locke is. Teddy Bridgewater goes three and zero. Yo, this man just doesn't want to see your brother succeed. <laughs> I was so hurt. Crazy. I was hurt. And <laughs> then and then we go three and three, and it was quiet. quiet. Yeah, facts. Quiet. There was like that yo, TikTok al- algorithm is crazy. When you're wrong, they'll throw your video up there. Bro, <laughs> my Giannis video got like two million plus views after they won the championship. That's a bro. fact. Yeah. Was it a, like a bashing Giannis take? Oh, no, we shouldn't repeat. I said That's that he can't win the championship as best player on the team. Oh yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Brutal. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yo, bro. Yo, Phoenix was up 2-0. I was like, yo, I'm going to be over. so right on this. Brooklyn was up. I, I said it when Brooklyn was up 2-0, bro. I was like, damn, yeah. bro. They really couldn't close out. And then the worst thing happened. He dropped 50 in a closer. Oh, my God. He He's, can't do it again, though. Okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> doubling do down, bro. Nah, you're right? crazy. But you're crazy. It. You, it's not even it doubling down if you're wrong the first time. Is it doubling yeah, down? I don't know, man. He can't do it again, though. Okay. So we're going to skip. We were going to do power rankings this episode, but I have to pick my mom up at the airport at like in like five minutes. That's right. So we're going to go with we're going to do NFL pick them week 13 our week 13 picks of the NFL season. First game up Cowboys versus Saints. I'll take the Cowboys. Mark Cooper should be playing. Dak got all of his weapons. I'm riding with the boys. I'm riding with the Cowboys. Saints can't generate any offense. Colts versus <coughs> Texans. I'll take the Colts. Colts are going to win yeah. this one 100 percent. Colts all day, JT over 100. Vikings versus Lions. I, I took the Lions last week. I'm never taking them again. No. I mean, it's the Vikings, but still. Division game. Anything watch can the, happen. Watch the pick game, right? the Vikings. I'll pick the Vikings. I'm picking, uh, the, Vi- I'm the, picking the Vikings. I think they get a win this week. You know what? You can go for it. I can afford it. I mean, <laughs> someone, can afford someone's going to keep track of it. So, nah, nah. I'll keep, I'll keep the Vikings. I'll keep the Vikings. Giants versus Dolphins. Take, close your eyes. Yeah, Dolphins. Especially Mike Lennon might start. I don't know if Daniel Jones Facts, is going to play. neck injury. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going Fins. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. We, all of our picks have been the same so far. Buccaneers versus Falcons. Probably all have the same pick here as yeah. well. Bucks need it. Bucks. I got the Bucks too. Eagles versus Jets. Taking the Jets, of course. Really? Of course. I have The to. Jets have never been the Eagles in the franchise. Yeah, first time. <laughs> no way. I never? think we're like 0-15. No. 0-40 something. Oh, oh, damn. I thought it was now like 0-15. I'm playing. 0-15. It might, it I might be like 0-15. I thought it was like 0-15. Yeah. I'm actually going to go Eagles. I think Hurts needs this bounce back game. Home, MetLife. I'm going to the game. Tough. My boy Zach is playing. I'm going Zach Wilson. Yo, bundle going, up. It's going to be cold. I'm going with the Jets. Shut up. Cardinals versus Bears. Cardinals. Hopefully Kyler's playing. He should be back. We're going to see my boys back. D-Hop and K-1. I think they win. I got Arizona in this game. Chargers versus Bengals. Mm, this is this is the first real tough one. This of is Herbert versus like, Burrow. Let me this just is, say this: We yeah. were just talking about this on the way here, and we're gonna just a little bit for the previews. He had the Chargers. No, no, no. I didn't have the Chargers, but I had the Bengals in mind because I look at the Chargers offensively. It's pretty similar for the two teams. I just think the difference is going to be defense. I look at the Bengals; they're more complete. I look at the 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 Chargers, and their hole is clearly rush defense. It's horrible. So, with that being said, I'm going to go with my gut feeling. I'm going with the Bengals. Yep, you got the Chargers coming off a brutal divisional loss. Bengals coming off a huge divisional win. So, I'll keep riding the hot hand and go with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going with the Bengals, too. I'm kind of getting worried that we're all having the same picks because I feel like the Chargers might win this one. But (laughs) I just think you're right. The run defense isn't good. The Chargers isn't good. So, I feel like the Bengals are going to win this game. Jaguars versus Rams. 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 I'm going with the Rams. Washington versus the Raiders. Just said earlier, I'm taking the Raiders here. I'm going with Las Vegas as well. I mean, they, 
last week I didn't give them a chance by any means, and they came out in yeah. Thanksgiving and lit it up against Dallas. I think they could do it again against Washington. I'm going with the coin, man. I'm going with the coin. The coin has the Raiders winning. I have the Raiders winning. Respect. They'll beat Washington. Ravens versus Steelers. Steelers are dust, man. Give me the Ravens. Baltimore, huge bounce back game, especially for Lamar having four interceptions last week. Believe it or not, I'm actually going the Steelers. Last time I picked the Steelers, they burned me. Uh, it wasn't against Cincinnati, thankfully. Uh, but I do. it was against the Chargers. I do believe this division game at home, I think that... They do a good job of, kind of, of holding last them on. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Both teams kind of yeah. even though the Ravens won. No, for sure. I think that the Steelers need this one specifically. I got the Ravens in this game as well. 49ers versus Seahawks. 49ers, man. Seahawks just going from bad for worse. I'm fading the Seahawks all season. I'm going Seahawks, Niners. Seahawks, give us a better pick. I'm going with the Niners. Yeah. Jimmy G. Garoppolo. It's <laughs> like that. Broncos versus Chiefs. Now, this is a good one. Who do you got, Drew? It's your squad. Last week, I betrayed us wholeheartedly. And I chose the Chargers to beat us. I'm going to reverse jinx us again. I'm going with the Chiefs. Sunday night could be a movie. Sunday night football. I'll take the Chiefs. But if this was the other way around, if the Broncos were home, I might take the Broncos. Man, this is really, this is a tough game because I think the Broncos. I'm reverse jinx. You know, the Chiefs defense has been really good as of late. I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. Now, last game, Monday night football, Patriots versus Bills. We're getting spoiled. These both these this, Showtime games are great. Yeah, this is game of the week right here. I'm Patriots going with the Pats. Bills. Ooh, what do you got? I'm going Patriots. I just I think that Bill understands that the Bills are one dimensional, and I think he's going to do a great job of holding them. Damn, this is a tough game. I was hoping you were going to side with the Patriots so I could go with the Bills and not have to just be contrarian. Um, I'll just take the Bills at home. I don't know which way this is going to go. You want Bills? I want Patriots. I want Pats. Oh, say less. But all right, here we go. Let's you're go going, Bills. You going to Bills? Yes, sir. Oh, man. I said that's going to do it for NFL Pick on Week 13. You guys can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Pickside Podcast, on Twitter at Pickside Pod. And by the way, Spotify Warped came out or Spotify Wrapped came out. And some of you guys have sent us that Pick Aside was your best podcast, tough, your most really listened podcast. Tough, wow. very tough. So Makes thank you guys so much for that. We really appreciate it. We should have said that in the beginning of the show. I totally forgot about it, though. But for any of you guys sending that to us, thank you guys so much. Your support is appreciated. We are so thankful. Love y'all. And next episode, Friday's episode, Basketball, it's going to be a great topic list. Like It's going to be a fantastic show. I'm hyped. We didn't even get to all the topics yeah, on this show, and real. I thought this was a fantastic show. Definitely. Our yeah. power rankings will be revealed next week. Let's do it. That's for sure. I'm ready. So thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. We'll see you next time. Peace.